prepare yourself to enter a strange new world of amazing sights and sounds. Star Crash. From deep space, from the farthest reaches of the haunted universe, comes the supreme galactic spectacle. Star Crash. Rated PG. Well, I just have to give myself a second for the uh, sound of the spaceship landing at the end of that trailer, so I apologize for the pause. Uh, welcome, all you Italian space opera fans, to episode 65, which is 65 in Italian, of Schlockernacht, where we travel to the literal edge of the cinematic universe to watch and discuss all types of films, including ones with supermodels and ordained ministers who team up to save a galaxy that probably didn't deserve to be saved. I'm Lord Star Blaster Doc. I'm joined by my buddy Acton 2. And now, on to the show. What's up, man? What's happening, buddy? So I was thinking, this is a Steve pick. Pretty obvious, right? So <laughs> I was thinking, we haven't done a sci-fi in a minute, and there's a sci-fi from the late 70s that has withstood the test of time and is beloved by the masses and changed the face of sci-fi cinema. So I think the only movie we could even attempt would be Star Crash? Yeah. <laughs> close uh, a close uh oh now i wouldn't say homage i think they said right in the trivia that they the dude that they asked to make this was like hey, we want we want to capitalize on the success of star wars the dude had never seen star wars but read like a screen treatment of it a screenplay i think he had a book like yeah. a uh, the novel based on the movie or something like right. that and right so he made the movie based on reading the 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 screenplay versus actually seeing the movie and i think that really showed you know you could really tell that there's some just complete straight rips right off star wars and some is just so far out there it was ridiculous well, it's funny cuz doing research for this i i ran across a couple of um youtube videos where uh they make a claim that maybe george lucas stole from uh, star crash uh, after uh. <laughs> Sure. Uh, so, uh, there are two camps to this. There's a camp that says that he absolutely didn't uh, rip off the production of Star Wars for this because it was it was already like they were already working on Star Crash when Star Wars came out, right? Um, so Lewis Coates, aka Luigi Cozy, nice. Uh, from what I hear, he was told specifically to go ahead and mimic the classic film of Star Wars. And uh, basically, what we got was a Kirkland sig signature Star Wars. <laughs> Kirkland, perfect. Yeah, we got what was the uh, what's the Sam's Club brand? Whatever that is, we got uh, yeah, members mark. We got, we got that members mark Star, Star Wars. Wars. <laughs> That's good, yeah. dude. That's funny. Uh, wow. So, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and say thanks, Steve. Yeah. So it, for a, li a little this. a little different than Martyrs is what when I started watching this, I was thinking I'm not. <laughs> there wasn't too much similarity between this and Martyrs. Yeah, we gotta we gotta slow it down a little bit. We gotta uh, lighten it up a bit. Yeah. All right. Let's so. do the. Uh, you want to get a fake sponsor? All right. So my fake sponsor is. Are you ready for this? Go. <clears throat> Zotos Quantum Extra Body Acid Permanent Unisex <laughs> Treatment One. Would that be a hair treatment by chance? It's a hair product for uh, amazing curls. More about that later. About that. <laughs> Uh, also mine is very similar. Like usual, I got body on tap shampoo, perfect for the white man's Afro. And that was an actual shampoo created in 1978 by Bristol Myers that contained one third Budweiser beer. 
and they ended up adding formaldehyde to avoid paying an alcoholic beverage tax on it. <laughs> so we both got a hair treatment sponsor. Uh, great. <laughs> Yours is way better than mine, I'll tell you that. Is that really a thing? It is. I, all my my, my uh, recent fake sponsors have all been real. I've been trying to find like a real stupid product that related to something in the movie. They've all been real. All right. For that white afro. Let's get all into right. it. I don't know if you should be playing this, just so you know. <laughs> I find your lack of faith in these two disturbing. It's an homage. If you continue to listen, your movie experience may be spoiled. You know what I thought would have been cool there was if, if I could get that the the fake Star Wars music and have Sledge re-record that with the spoiler over the bad Star Wars music. But. Like pl- recording off key so it sounds just a little bit off. I thought that uh, would have been good. So everybody heard that legendary score, right? Everybody knows the Star Wars theme. Um, let's play a little bit of, not the actual theme, but what we think the theme should have sounded like. All right, a little of this. I, I feel like I feel like I've heard that before. It's not I, bad. I it's. It, I mean, it, I feel like I've. It sounds similar. Uh, I, I'm going to read you the synopsis for this movie. Okay. okay? And this is the storyline synopsis. And you tell me if you got any of this, or if it took you way longer to get there, like it did me. Uh, outlaw smugglers Stella Star and Acton managed to pick up a castaway where I'm running from the authorities, who turns out to be the only survivor from a secret mission to destroy a mysterious superweapon designed by the evil Count Zartharn. The smugglers are soon recruited by the Emperor of the Galaxy to complete the mission, as well as to rescue the Emperor's son, who has gone missing. That, that doesn't make any sense, because the beginning, he, they're pairing him with the son, and in the end, they're looking for the son, which also happened in the movie, I didn't even figure out what the hell was going on until like the last 20 minutes. I was like, oh, and then by that time, it's the movie's over. Well, it was. It, I watched this three times, and the third time Lynn was in the room, I should have had a whole notepad down and just wrote down every question she asked me because the questions were flowing. They were nonstop the whole movie. It was like, why does that robot have nipples? Why, why is she wearing that? Why do they do that? What did they do wrong? It was just a, a constant question stream, which is what I had in my uh, brain. I just didn't say them out loud. I watched it by myself numerous times, and I was asking myself those same questions. Yeah. I wish so. I had wrote her questions down. She had some doozies. Uh, this is a tough one, man, because there's really, like, um, I probably won't talk about every single time we see spaceships gliding through space. I think that's all right. There's a lot of that. So uh, just so you know, we open with the spaceship slowly barreling through space. Uh, it's a complete straight rip from Star Wars. It's the underside, the under under view of a large ship flying past. Um, I did think the model was passable, though. I, I like the model work in general. Um, I, I like the fact that they were clunky. They're not aerodynamic, you know, like the original Star Wars. And then with the newer ones, you know, everything's all sleek and fancy clean, and, and yeah, you know, um, clean. I like that. You know, it looks like they got. Uh, and I watch. There is a documentary about the model making, and there's like various parts from model kits that are well sought after because they use those model kits to make, you know, the, the spaceship models from star Wars. Have you ever heard about that? I have. Yeah. I was really into that, especially after star Wars. I did a bunch of modeling. Like I even did the GI Joe ships and everything. Um, I thought that this was passable. The one thing I will say though is, uh, and Dave was watching this with me at the time. He said, 
they couldn't even add an exhaust and I didn't really pay attention to that. But yeah, there was no, it was just strictly a model with no flame or mist or fog. They, they didn't nothing. distress it at all. They didn't light it properly. Right. So it's clearly a plastic model. Right. Like, like model Star Wars, cool. it looks metallic. It looks heavy. It looks dense floating through space. This looks like, you know, some kid in his basement or garage. It was a cool model in general. It just, it didn't have, it didn't have dynamic use to it. It was just looking at a model. Yes. I, do you know what I did like though? I liked space. Um, it was really colorful, like not, that I hadn't seen before. Like a lot of um, rainbow it, bright. You know what? It like a light me bright used in you the know, background. You know what I thought of? I thought of the colors from um, Suspiria, the Argento colors, because it had a lot of the same color palette as the as that yes. movie. I take offense to that. Well, you know, it's Italian. I did like the space. Though. I, I thought that was cool. It, I thought it was cool. Like. Italians always bring a lot of color to their movie. I mean, this this movie's the same way. It's very bright, right? Lots of different colors and whatnot. But um, I don't think he's uh, Luigi Cozzi's any Argento. No, no, I'm just saying the color palette that they use for space reminded me of that movie oh, yeah. because of the it was Absolutely. all the, the primary colors and it was it was cool. It was at this point since I really didn't know what I was getting into, I'd seen this movie before, but not like for the show. Um, I right. was trying to pay better attention to stuff. I'm like, okay, that's a different take on space. It's kind of cool. I, I was okay at this point, you know. Well, you know, like Star Wars opens up with a space battle, right? Yeah. Um, the ship slowly drags by. I thought Mel Brooks did a good job of that, too. Yeah, Spaceballs. Uh, in his yeah. movie, Spaceballs. Yeah. But then it opens up with a space battle where they're shooting at each other and whatnot. This one opens up with that, and then it goes right to some guys getting into an elevator. Dude, that elevator was... Okay, so to set up this elevator, they walk into an elevator that has this huge control panel that's way way bigger than it needs to be. They push the control panel. The room rotates about a 45-degree angle, not up and down. I'm, I'm talking straight clockwise. Rotates about a 45-degree angle, and then he walks out into another hallway. And my first thought was, I think you could have just built a corner there. I don't think you needed the elevator for that. Like a, even a T-intersection? where <laughs> I think you that would have been more practical than, than what was going on, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the technology is so ab uh, in abundance that they can create it for, you know, to limit your amount of walking. Yeah. In a one direction. Yeah, we're, we're we're more of a parallel type uh, walking in in this future. Not no curves. Yeah, we, I I can't turn. Yeah, that's uh, not possible. Wouldn't it have been cooler if it was like a three D elevator where it went up and then turned? I mean, that would have made more sense in the future. I think anything would have been cooler than a forty five degree rotation. Anything that had no well, whatever. It was fun though. I like the big control panel. So that's our action-packed intro is yeah. uh, you see a ship float by that's clearly a plastic model and then two dudes lazily walk into an elevator that turns them sideways. Yeah. Should, actually, should we give the year of this movie so you can, people can place this? Um, 1978, right, 78. everybody. So just after the release of the original Star Wars. So I was watching this and, you know, while I was cooking dinner one day and my father-in-law walks in and he's a huge Star Wars, you know, like sci-fi buff. And he was like, yeah, this is like grade C stuff right here. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, Thank you. I think you're correct on that. C uh, might be crap. too high of a grade, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you also notice they were paging major uh, Bradbury in the background? I did not. Is did that a that? Ray Bradbury uh, thing? Ray Bradbury, not, yeah. I guess. Um, bring a little class to the movie. If you look at, yeah, sure. If you look at the trivia, I guess they did throw a whole bunch of little Easter eggs and stuff. Like the name of the ship was something that they did try to throw some things in there, but they, I Orville think most of them like passed that. right over me, you know, completely. I just got to ask you too, are testicles in grave danger in space? The balls, the red because balls. Because everybody has like pronounced cod pieces. Yeah, so. they do. 
They had like plastic uh, armor on everybody's junk. Because <laughs> when you're not turning corners, you could be banging those buddies around. And in on that on that huge apparatus, they used to turn that elevator. Also, going to ask you: Do they get their leather uniforms from the hides of alien creatures, or are they still using cows? Not space leather. It's a complete different think so? type of leather. Yeah, like some sort of um, a xenophobe, or what do they call those things? Which one? Xenomorphs? Not I think xenophobes. It, Xenomorphs. It, it's the same pleather they used to use on like eight ball jackets in the eighties. It's kind of leathery, but super stiff. But it's in a budget too, so. Yeah. This movie cost four million, by the way. Oh, this is this is in Italy. Maybe they had some supple ass Italian leather we don't know about. It's probably the finest leather, and we're making fun of it yep. like a bunch of idiots. But yep. anyway, um, according to Ensign Schmuckatelli, uh, their planet uh, that they are approaching because they are approaching a planet is um, what I like to call Alpha Foxtrot Four. Do you know what that stands for? AF Four. No. Yes, it's Abercrombie and Fitch Four because he says the uh, planet is a. Barren desert of whiteness. Oh, nice. Abercrombie <laughs> <laughs> oh, Fitch store. Anyway, uh, the set design on this movie, man, is like almost three degrees of separation from like an Ed Wood film. Yeah. Like I'm waiting to see them fly a ship with like a paper plate tied onto a paint stick. You could see, you could see the string on some of the models during the space. So yeah, you know what you're. hundred percent. Like yeah. when the escape pods blast off, you yeah. can see the rod you used to remove them and stuff. Right. Like oh. So um, uh, they're going to this barren white planet, and they get attacked by red orbs. Yeah, I got a, I got a small cut here, and I didn't take a lot of um, clips from the movie because pretty much anything in this movie would have been a clip. All the dialogue was completely, complete mumbo jumbo. Like we could just play the whole movie. Like, you, get, you could. Uh, everything they said was ridiculous, right? everything. Yeah. So I took a clip early on so you can get a feel for what we're talking about here. Here. What is it like, the planet we're approaching? Nothing but ice and snow. A barren desert of whiteness. Scan it with our computer waves. The enemy's weapons may be hidden beneath its surface. Scan it with our computer waves. So get ready for lots of It that. almost sounds like South Park. It sounds like yeah. Trey Parker and Matt Stone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, 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 the, all the dialogue was, was just like that. So you got to know that going in. Expect that. There's never anything of heart... Or, you know, of emotion. It's just all, like, science fiction garble. Yeah, like, like when, they're, when they're fighting, they won't even show the fight. They'll just show the two people going, Aha! We did it! Yes! Got one! But they're not showing anything on screen other than someone yelling that. <laughs> it's great. Uh, anyway, the Crimson Globs basically are E.T.'s weapons, and they're attacking their brains somehow, and they writhe in pain and collapse. Yeah, and it's Star Trek level, like rolling around, you know, running from one side of the room to the other. The the um the oh, the, the camera shakes the camera side shakes. to side. The the, go, the the red quote quote spheres balls whatever you want to call them. They're just some superimposed like red globs on the screen, probably painted on or those just look like a lava lamp. Yeah, like yeah, like you're looking through a lava lamp. So you're not looking at actual something hitting somebody. You're looking at like an overlay of red. On top of people running back Moving and forth, around left and right, the yeah. screen while they like gasp for air and collapse to the ground. Yeah, yeah, it was funny too because uh, you know the effects were pretty bad, and Lynn was watching it, and she's like, uh, "Well, I mean, I guess it's not bad for the time the movie was made." And I said, "Babe, this came out after Star Wars," and she's like, "Oh no, that's not good." <laughs> she she thought yeah, the- they definitely stole some of the techniques they used for the movie. Yeah. They just didn't steal them very well. Lynn was under the impression that this movie was like like a nineteen fifties space opera you know like straight up 
old, old school sci-fi, not not close to 1980. It's like when you're watching Black Dynamite, you think maybe, yeah, 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 yeah you know, yeah. it was made in the 60s and 70s, and then you realize it was made in like 2010, and you see this, and you're like, wait, what? This God. wasn't intentional. Damn, I love Black Dynamite. Thanks for bringing that up. You're welcome, pal. Uh, we do have uh, some survivors on the ship, though, because the escape pods detach with the rods that the model makers used to peel them off the side of the ship. Yeah, yeah with the tabs still attached. <laughs> like they had to cover up the sound of the Velcro, you know, <laughs> tearing as it. <laughs> <laughs> That's important. Three three pods get away because they're going to have yep. to go find the three pods later. So whatever. Which I mean, look, look at Star Wars. Look what we got already. Um, the skate pod, right, where that where R two D two and C three PO get away during the battle or whatever. So the, you're you're already look you've already seen two or three instances of complete rips in the first like ten minutes of the movie. That's enough to convict any film in court of plagiarism. Right. I think <laughs> like plenty of uh, the space clunker explodes uh, in a um, splendid display of sparkle sparklers mm, like sure. tied to a string. Or I I, I kind of like the little explosions with the models. I was I I enjoyed that. The uh, the sparkle budget on this movie must have been astronomical because there's abundance of them. There is <laughs> people a get shot. lot of that going on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, this movie was produced by Nate and Patrick Washberger, right? So Nate's last film was The Day the Clown Died. Are you familiar with that movie? No, not at all. That's that lost Jerry Lewis movie. It was the last... It was, it was supposed to be like a movie about... Um, him playing a, a clown during the Holocaust, but it it was deemed so sad that they'd never released it. So, like, if you can find a copy of that thing, you'd be rich. I've never heard of that. I have to look that up. Yeah. So we have Nate. That was his last film he produced, and Patrick. Uh, he did Mr. And Miss Smith, Wrong Turn, Bad Lieutenant, and that guy's okay. still working today. The, the OG Bad so. Lieutenant, the one with the wiener. <laughs> okay, the important one. That's the Harvey Keitel one. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, we get the credits roll with a passable score by a uh, heavy hitter, uh, John Barry, who's actually won an Oscar for Out of Africa. He did Dancing with Wolves. He did all the Bond films. So, you know, pretty solid score for a movie of this ilk. Yeah. Oh, is that a pregnant pause? No, no. I was just like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, passable is all I'd give it, so yes. <laughs> I mean, that's the one thing that sticks out about the movie to me is the bam, 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 bam. Wow, that, did, bam, that didn't even barely register on my scale. Like, barely. Really? Yeah, barely. That's pretty, well, guess who bowed out of this film that was going to do the score? John Williams? By Ennio Morricone. No, my boy. My boy from The Good, Bad, yeah. and the Ugly. Sweet. Yeah. So he actually didn't do this movie to do the score for The Good, Bad, and the Ugly. So, nice. Um if he had done this, maybe we would never have heard that one, which is a classic, man. Well, he did a lot. Right. Yeah, he did a ton of classics. So, but then did you notice that the uh, during the credits, the intro credits, that it actually uh, they actually faded it out super quick because the movie started? Yeah, it was super odd. I was curious about that too. Yeah, they just like faded it out because then we cut to uh, Acton and Stella Star in the cockpit, but they faded it out like super quick, like it didn't end properly. Yeah, and I watched this years ago with my dad for the first time, and uh, right away my dad recognized um, Acton as, as actor Marjo Gortner, but my dad ha didn't recognize him as an actor. He, he saw the guy and was like, hey, that's that's Marjo Gortner. He was like a child evangelist. Um, and man, we could do a whole show on that dude. Like, that well, dude, guy, it's funny because wow. you, you said Star Crash, and I just looked it up, and I saw Marjo Gortner, and I had never heard of the guy before in my life. Really? 
So I said, oh, that movie with Marjo Gortner. Remember I sent that to you and I do, Aaron in a text? And I had no idea who that guy was. I, I thought that you did know him from from uh, like the evangelist stuff because he was like in the yeah. Bible Belt. Wasn't he big in the Bible Belt? Uh, he was. He was the youngest ordained minister. I think he was ordained at the age of four. He did his first wedding at the age of six. Something like that. Yeah. A Pentecostal evangelist, I think. So he's out there preaching so. like, you're all going to burn in hell type shit. Not not like Kitty, uh, uh, you know, let, let's all be nice to each other type stuff. It was evangelical stuff too. So he actually did a documentary in 1972 called Marjo, where he infiltrated like the evangelical uh, community because they all liked him because of his history and he just did it to expose them kind of like right. Penn and Teller would do and bullshit or something. Yeah. Or was that other good documentary that we had uh, watched the, um, the, the older guy that did the same thing for magicians? Um, oh, uh, the amazing Randy, amazing yeah. Randy, great documentary Absolutely. there too. Yeah. Yeah. The honest liar. I think it's yeah, that one's good called. one there. Yeah. Um, uh, Marjo also has done airwolf, the a team American Ninja three. So, um, He's one of the very few actors that has done faith healing as a child traveling through the Bible Belt um, and also maintaining a gorgeous perm. Yeah, he was a straight up. I, I looked at that, dude. I thought right ahead. This old Ralph Hinckley, greatest American hero looking motherfucker on the screen, dude. Because he looked just like Ralph <laughs> Hinckley to me. <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because I bring that up later, too. The greatest okay. American hero lookalike. Because right, cool. he could have been his uh, stunt double, I think. Totally, yeah. You know, And then Stella, the fabulous Caroline Munro, uh, she's a genre superstar. She was a Bond girl. She was in the Abominable Dr. Phoebe's Maniac, the last horror film. She did three films with Joe Spinell. So what's up with that? She And also, I think she, what was her name in this? Was it like Stella Star, right? Stella Star, yeah. Which is a great name. That was I, actually one of the names that they uh, considered for the movie, The Adventures of Stella Star. And I think I prefer that to Star Crash, especially right after Star Wars. And I thought that, um, that, I thought that would actually be kind of a cool... I mean, not that she was good in this or she had a good character because nobody had a good character in this, but The Adventures of Stella Star sounds cool. I think you could build something around that. It's a good name, and, and she's a really pretty lady, but it just didn't go anywhere. No, not at all. She didn't have much to work with. No one in this, Gortner especially, I mean, I don't even understand what his character was, dude. One time, Lynn was like, so is he like a robot? Or I don't, I don't even know. Uh, I, don't, I guess. Don't even worry about um, it. And then I kind of got confused because it cuts again to exterior shots of the ship, but this time it's like in different positions. Like they didn't know which way to film it, like which way it should be flying. Yeah, there was a lot of weird editing in here. Yeah. Uh, Acton did remind me a lot of you too, but with healthier hair. Oh, so. nice. Nice. Well, they get pulled over by space police at this point. Um, they're told to surrender at once. So I guess they're like Han Solo. Yeah. That's what I was just about to say. They're, they're smushing a bunch of characters into from Star Wars into these two characters because Stella Star is obviously like a Luke Skywalker, but she's also kind of a Han Solo. She's a smuggler. Um, and then Acton, he's given a C-3PO shtick during this because they're talking about let's we'll lose him in hyperspace. What are our odds? He's given the odds just like C-3PO does. So it, it's oh, another yeah. another whole thing. Wow. Yeah, so at first I'm like, oh, he's going to be the C-3PO or the Chewbacca, the co-pilot. But they kind of smash the characters all together, and I'll try to point out the parts where I noticed it. Okay. Yeah, I could see that. I had no idea Acton was a cyborg until the end. Well, he wasn't. He was an alien. What? He, he, he wasn't. He wasn't a cyborg. Uh, okay. Yeah. He's, he's supposed... Yeah, spoiler. He, he's <laughs> supposed to be an alien life form, um, but he's the Jedi of the movie. So basically, he's the one that has mystical powers that no one understands, but no one understands because they didn't explain none of it, and the shit popped up whenever it wanted to and had no explanation, so it didn't work. My mind's been completely blown right now. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, he's supposed to be a Jedi, yeah. Okay, well, uh, Acton and Stella Star evade the police by going into what? Hyperspace drive mode. Hyperspace drive yeah. mode. Something. Pursuit, which looked terrible, by the way. It, that one did. It uh, was not great. It, it, it was almost seizure-inducing. It was like the black and white strobe. Uh, is Acton's Jedi power to suck the moisture out of Stella's <laughs> hoo-ha? Because <laughs> yeah, he does nothing but like spew scientific percentages uh, routinely throughout the entire movie, especially at this point when they're in hyperdrive because he explains to them how the percentage rate of them surviving this is or something like that. 40% chance of uh, disintegration, 39% chance of nuclear uh, reactor overload. And he gives, that's this whole C-3PO rap. And that's when Lynn thought he was a robot, but no. They also, almost like the Falcon, they, they make a mention of hope the jalopy makes it yep. through the hyperdrive like yep. they did in Let, Star Wars, Let's right? hope this holds together, kid. Yeah. <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Um, they succeed hyperdrive. They make it. Yeah. They survive. And uh, they run headlong into a neutral star. Ne- neutron? I think you said neutron star? Ne- ne- neutral star? I, I, I took it as like, we almost got blown up by that neutron star. It was whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they set a new course and discover some sort of cosmic ironing or iron floating through the space. One of the, uh, one of the three, no, was that one of the three escape? No, no, that was the ship that got the red orbs the attacked. Ship. Correct. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cause I had trouble keeping this straight. I didn't know if the people <laughs> died on the planet that they were scanning or in the ship that they were scanning from. <laughs> I have no idea. So anyway, they show up to the ship where, uh, everybody has died by the red glob. Right. Right? Um, so, Acton, which is weird to me. Acton's like, Stella, go check that out. Dude, what's weird to me is she's like, I'm going to go have a look. And she jumps right the fuck out the window. <laughs> like, swims over to the other <laughs> ship. <laughs> she pees right out the they window. They do a cool lot of that, dude. But they just, um, they don't have a way to, like, transport them out or have, like, yeah. an airlock or a... Sp- so they just jump right out the windows. <laughs> Peace right out to the other ship. She did like a, a a doggy paddle swim from one spaceship through space to the. And she was wearing. I'm I'm almost positive she was wearing a five gallon uh, water jug on her head for a helmet because I saw the spout part. It was like the square five what's, gallon. What's even, water cra- yeah. what's even crazier is her spacesuit is see through, so you can still see her in a bikini. <laughs> it's the important part. I told Lynn, I said, I've seen those water jugs for sale. They're the square five gallon ones. I know what she's wearing. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, did you hear that she was in severe gastro distress during the filming of the movie? Did you hear about that? I did, and I got a little more on that later as well. <laughs> <laughs> so she's basically sloshing around in her own let me, fecal matter. Let me, let me tell you right now. I'm going to tell you the point in the movie where that leather bikini turned into a leather diaper because I found it. I know exactly <laughs> when it was. <laughs> yeah. You can just see the pee at the bottom all <laughs> yellow around her feet. Oh, it wasn't pee, my man. Uh, <laughs> She's on record on like it like Fangoria magazine talking about duking out in that leather bikini. So, uh, yeah, I'll let you know when it happens. So, I, I think I pinpointed it. <laughs> well, she finds a lone survivor on the ship. Uh, who I don't remember who he was. He worked for the Emperor or something, I guess. Sure. Sure. Red shirt number so one. They, <laughs> yeah, we found him. Yeah. So she returns back to what I call the Centennial Vulture. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh man, I could have had so much fun coming up with names. Wow, you should have told me ahead of time. I could have done that. Oh, the Centennial great. Vulture, <laughs> where they're oh, caring great. for that um, oh, soul survivor. Oh, 
the, de- um, he's the decade hawk. He's dehydrated and in shock. <laughs> Uh, and he barely murmurs. He, he he has just enough breath, Steve, to say this. The emperor of the first circle of the universe. <laughs> you got to notify him. You got to get a hold of I don't think he even said anything. I, I think that Acton just he ref- <laughs> just said what he, like, what he, because I think that's supposed to be part of his like a new power, te- tele- telepathic power or something? Because she was like, what's he saying? He needs us to go to the Emperor, but she's standing closer to him than, she- than Acton no, no, no. is. So. The Emperor of the first circle of the universe. Uh, that Emperor, not the other one. Right? <laughs> yeah. How would you put that on a business card, for oh, God's sakes? God. That's some, yeah, you got to get bone white on that thing. That's some American uh, psycho business card business. <laughs> not the second circle, the first yeah. circle. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then they learn that the future, future fuzz has caught up with them again, and uh, they... Surrender to them. Like, right. what is happening? The, the the people that they ran from was just pop out of hyperspace next to them and was like, ah, you thought you could lose us in hyperspace. Well, you didn't, hey, see? And then we get introduced to my favorite robot of all time, maybe. I don't know that I found a better one, but... Um, L? L, which is basically Doc in a robot form. <laughs> and um, what was the other guy? Thor, I think? Was Thor the other guy, the policeman? We haven't gotten there yet because before we meet those guys, we meet Count Zarth Arn. <laughs> Not Zartan, Zarth Arn. Zarth Arn, right? Yeah, Zarth Arn, which is a mouthful. Um, I'd call him like the greasy villain instead of the greasy strangler. <laughs> uh, he looked like kind of like if uh, Robert Davi and Sid Haig had a distant relative oh. in the future. That's who he would look like. I wrote. You know what I wrote down? I wrote down if Ming the Merciless and Gomez Adams had a baby, it would look like him. <laughs> We both did a mix. <laughs> uh, uh, he looks he looks like he smells like cigarettes, garlic, and amaretto. Or I, something. I, dude, just... <laughs> I have it on good authority. He smells exactly like Monsieur Musk. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> like a Russian taxi driver? Is that uh, what you said? <laughs> it's so good. His hair was like greased down to his sides with like some little Debbie curls. He had the whole Ming the Merciless um, like goatee going on, but he had the Pock googly. Marks. He kind of looked like... um. Igor from Young Frankenstein, too. <laughs> like throw that guy in there a little bit. <laughs> one eye looking one way. And then, yeah, uh, yeah, that's great. Uh, so anyway, he dispatches some robots to go deal with something. I don't know. Anyway, I, I wrote down a quick note that author Stephen Romano, who wrote Star Crash, uh, described the production as an Italian film produced by French people starring British people inspired by every American trend around that time. Bingo. Dude, dude should be on the show. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't have summed it up better, man. Holy shit! Yeah, I think I think um, what Ming the Ming the Merciless or whatever that guy's name was was uh, he said, okay, some people escaped and they found a survivor, and he he told those robots like your mission now is to track down that survivor and kill him or something. I think yes, okay, sure. But the robots were basically like made out of tin foil. It was like I could make those. Um, they weren't even models. They <laughs> a were little like, Reynolds wrap and yeah. uh, glue. I really liked them though. That, those were awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to have those in my house for sure. Um, but then they stand in front of the Balzac of judgment. Yep. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Lynn said, is this the wizard of Oz? Is that the, the whiz? <laughs> the whiz doing the... The balls? Is that the uh, balls? That's great. Because yeah. it looked like a paper mache set of testicles with a face on it. <laughs> it almost looked like, like, the... like a pizza the hut type thing going on. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, was really good. It did. Yeah. So, uh. He gets, uh, Acton gets sentenced to 220 years of hard labor yeah. and Stella gets condemned to forced labor for life. Like, on the, on a penal colony. In a penal colony. Yeah. 
Bummer. Man, that sucks. So, uh, and then we get... And I think the name of the planet was Eurapist. I don't know if you got that or not. No, I'm not joking. I think it really was. No, way. Yeah, I think so. I think the name. I think the name of the planet was that. Stella uh, mining unobtainium down there. <laughs> like, it's like an MC Escher mine, man. So like they put some stuff in a wheelbarrow, they roll it up to the set of steps, they dump it, and then they go right back down to the same pit to do the same thing over and over again. It was it's great. Like hell. I wanted to take a, a cut of the uh, Slave Master, but you know, I've been having trouble with uh, you know cuts lately, but the Slave Master's on a, on a blowhorn or a, a omega horn, and he's, he's, he's yelling like, walk up them stairs and dump it in that hole and then come down them stairs. We ain't got all day. Keep moving. Walk up them stairs and then dump that. Wait, hey, you, you there. Walk up them stairs and then come back down. He's just yelling yeah. at him in the background. <laughs> it was like my version of hell, man. Just that guy would not shut up. He's like, we don't have all day here. He said that, by the way. And I'm thinking, well, but yeah, I mean, they do. Yeah, you kind of do all have all <laughs> you do. But this, this is uh, the point of the it's movie. It's going to go on forever. It's, I, I mean, she has for life. I, I was really glad though that they found a a leather slave work bikini for her because that that really did turn the movie uh, up a notch for me. Everybody else is wearing like overalls, like Michael Myers would wear, and she's got her bikini slave. Pit yeah, you know what they looked like? They were on? dressed with. They looked to me like they were doing like a Passion of the Christ play or something. They had like robes and scarves and um, almost like turbans, and she's wearing no shit a leather bikini, and I'm talking <laughs> tiny, and she's the only one. Everybody else is dressed yeah. for work except her. Oh, Jesus Christ. That was great. Wow. That was great. Uh, they kind of pull her off to the side too, and they're like, hey, uh, could you quit bitching about work so much and maybe start planning to escape? And they say it like out loud in front of the guard. You know what she said? Dude, you cracked me up. She tells them, she's like, I've been at this for 12 hours already. This is ridiculous. I got to get this shit out of here. But I'm thinking like, you've been asleep for 12 hours. These people have been here for how long? And she's already like, now nah, fuck this. I'm out. I, I can't deal with this. Yeah. <laughs> been here for 12. The worst thing about slavery is the hours. She's like complaining. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. Uh, so she pretty much just karate chops the first guard she sees and takes his gun and bones get in escapes. <laughs> he tries to attack her with like a uh, wiffle ball bat, like yeah. taped up with like duct tape or something. Oh, that's great. But she beats the shit out of that dude. Yeah, she starts this whole kind of slave revolution. Like I said, she'd been there for less than a day, dude. But she's like full, <laughs> full on revolution. I did, I did like that gunplay though. We used to go oh, with yeah. that, that gunplay. She checked that solid. one guy in the nuts, too. She did. She definitely hit him in the crotch. We had the gunplay where, it, like, you shoot somebody in the chest and the sparkles come out. It's like a yeah. blood squib, but with sparks. Yeah, it was yeah, It was great. a lot of, like, fake uh, blaster Star Wars-style lasers, but when they hit the body, it would be in a practical, like, spark explosion, and I, I really did like that. Dude, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was good. I want to know how they did that, just like how they did the arrows in Jim Cotta. Because they really shot him. I think they they shot him. (laughs) A taser with like a uh, gunpowder pack or something. They just shoot him and... Yeah, it was really cool looking. I I did enjoy that. But the the scene was farcical because of her her statements and the way she was acting like, this slavery is not for me. I'm out of here. (laughs) She was gone. Screw the man and the patriarchy. I'm out of here. Yeah. So she escapes. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, Easily escapes, by the way. Basically just... It runs right to goes. a waiting ship, right? There's yeah. like a ship that lands Harryhausen style, like yep. slow-mo style, and she just pops right on. Perfect timing. Yeah, she, she's running through some like bamboo fields or something, and a ship comes down. She's like, what the heck? So she gets in the ship, and then well, guess who's on that ship, Doc? Uh, I'm going to say L. L and Thor. Thor. <laughs> Crappy Drax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know that actor, right? 
No, I have no idea. No kidding. Okay, so that's Robert, I think it's called Tessier, maybe Tessier. Um, big sure. time character actor, big time. I even did a, um, I did a quick hit list for him because I haven't done that in a while. Um, I, yeah, I knew sure. him right away from, from a million shows, but real quick, and this is just some of his, his credits. Uh, Robert Tessier, Tessier, Thor in this movie. He did da, 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 Kung Fu, Little House on the Prairie, Starsky and Hutch, Buck Rogers, Dukes of Hazard, Incredible Hulk, Cannonball Run, Fantasy Island, Chips, uh, Manimal, Magnum P.I., A-Team, Spencer for Hire, Silver Spoons, Fall Guy, Amazing Story, Sledgehammer, and many, many more. Dude's been all wow, over the place. Dude. Yeah. No idea. I knew him right away, yeah. But I watched a lot, of, a lot of that stuff, yeah. Way underused. Yeah, he, he's awesome. I mean, not in this movie, but he's awesome. <laughs> what about uh, L sounded like Jackie Gleason from Smokey and the Bandit? <laughs> you some bitch. <laughs> Like a uh, robotic foghorn leghorn. <laughs> so, so that's when L the robot comes in and, and re- really starts countrying up the whole fucking thing of, uh, I caught her over yonder. <laughs> uh, he was great, man. He was awesome, dude. But uh, Jesus, just it, it kind of reminded me. Do you think they got the character of Bender from that robot? Oh, gee. Oh, my God. I don't know how they didn't put it together. I love Bender. Um, Right away, Lynn was like, does that robot have like a country accent? Is that what he's going? It's like, yeah, just go with it. Don't. Ask. It was like her... have to hooting and holler and get acton free, according to uh, L. Well, so, uh... here's the here's the kicker here, though, man. So they 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 come down and they and they're like, ha, it's us. We got you again, you know, whatever. And she's like, oh, you got me this time, but not next time. Some banter. And then they're like, um, jokes on you. We were coming to release you. You've been pardoned, and now we're gonna go get acton because the emperor needs you for some malarkey. And I was thinking like. So she was only a slave for like 12 hours and she was already getting released. And that whole breakout where all those people died were basically unnecessary because they were coming to pick her up peacefully. Yeah, logistically, like you had to give her a uniform. You had to give her like yeah. her onboarding. You had to do all this <laughs> yeah, stuff right. that you could have just like just set her in a cell for 12 hours and then let her go. Well, I mean, basically, if she would have just uh, chilled out for one more hour, they would have came and picked her up peacefully because they were on their way to break to uh, excuse her anyway. So well, that whole scene was... Still is a murderer then. For not. Yeah, all those slaves died yeah. and all those other dudes died for nothing. Great job. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And then we cut to Acton, who's now rising from the depths of a ship hole. Yeah, yep. um, that was funny. Then uh, they get paired with uh, Stella again, right? Right. Uh, they they go and pick up Acton from his penal colony or wherever the shit he was. I know that this sounds like we're not doing it right, but this is really what the movie, what was happening, just so you know. Like, so I'm just as confused reading my notes. Right, I right. saw it three times. Like, is my shit out of order or something? So, yeah, they go and pick up Acton, and then I think they have to go meet with the Emperor next. Is that how it worked? I think so, yes. Yeah. Where they're going to go to uh, Imperial Flagship 3, which looked very, very um, terrible. Not Imperial? Isn't that what I said? Imperial flagship three? Yeah, but it didn't look imperial. It looked like terrible flagship three. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 100% it was not imperial. Yeah. Uh, it was probably the worst effects in the movie. Not great. Anyway. Yeah, well, I don't, good. the red the red blobs are pretty much for me the worst. Yeah, you're probably right. Because that's worst. supposed to be a huge major point of the movie and it looked like shit. Yeah. But it's got amazing Christopher Plummer on there. So there's know, that. That's amazing. It's amazing that I mean, he that did guy's, this. You want to pick Doc Stinker? Yes, always. The Sound of Music, Jesus of Nazareth, Dial M for Murder, or The Man in the Chair? I've never heard of The Man in the Chair, but... Uh, that's, <laughs> my brother-in-law lost about $150,000 on that movie. What? 
and you haven't heard about it? What? Yeah, my brother-in-law like did a second mortgage on his house to be a producer of that film. No. And it was supposedly like did all the film circuits and did really well. They never released it, so he lost all his money. Well, I'm glad I didn't say I saw it and I didn't like it because I'd have been lying. Yeah, they say it's terrific, but nobody's seen it because it never got distributed properly. So, I mean, Plumber's, Plumber's kind of the man, so you can't really say much bad about the guy. He's done a lot of stuff. What's funny, too, did you hear, did you hear what he said about the making of this movie? Uh, not only do I uh, did I hear it, I have a cut, so you want to play that so everyone can, yes, can be in, included. All right, here's, yeah. here's Christopher Plummer's uh, answering a question about Star Crash to some reporter somewhere. Uh, let's see, how about playing the Emperor in Star Crash? Star Crash, oh my God. The only thing I can say about that, I, no, there are two things I can say about oh. that. One, give me Rome any day, you know. <laughs> I'll, I'll do porno in Rome as long as I can get to Rome. <laughs> So getting to Rome was the greatest thing that happened just for me in that. I think I was only about like three days in Rome on that one. It was all shot at once. And the girl, Monroe, what's her name? Monroe, who was the, she was something incredible to look at. And that was a great pleasure, too. Nice. <laughs> it's great, dude. $10,000 a day in Rome with Caroline Monroe. And dude, Not dude, bad. The dude was honest, and I, I like that he gave a candid, honest answer when someone asked him about the movie. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times it's like, you know, they're on the PR Express, and they're saying all glowing things. He was just like, this is why I did it. You can hear in his voice when the guy's at Star Crash, he's like, ah, oh, Star Crash. Oh, God, <laughs> Star Crash. It's like when you ask us about Hectic Knife, like, ah, oh, Hectic Knife. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, that's great. Well, a Plum Boy lets him know that uh, Zartharn has a new weapon, kind of like a Death Like Star. a destroyer of planets of some sort, I believe he called it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a new weapon that's so big, uh, it takes an entire planet to hold it, mm. to conceive. <laughs> We've never heard of that before. Interesting. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Yep. So anyway, they've uh, Stella and Acton now have to travel to the haunted stars to stop it, because I guess that's where the planet is. Uh, they had to... They had to go to, they had to, well, first they had to find, wait, how did it work? They had to find the ships before they could go there or something, or the escape pods? They had to find, well, they've got to go defeat the weapon and destroy it, but they also had to find the Emperor's only son during the mission. Who was on one of the three escape pods. Yes, on one of the the escape pods. From the beginning of the movie, right? Right. So. hmm. Making sure my notes are correct here, because I'm a little scattered too. Uh, Yeah, so, whatever. Yeah. So anyway, they decide they must search Erectus for the commander. <laughs> not, so, not on planet your rapist? It's Erectus. I got it. So then they go into low-budget hyperspo- hyperspace again. Um, I mean, the dialogue, dude, when, uh, we're, we're cruising through the story, which is... Dude, I'm trying to which figure is, out which is shit. To say here. But let me tell you this. Yeah. The, the dialogue in this movie is so amazingly bad that I was smiling from ear to ear the whole time and we're, we're not going to do justice to the dialogue just come up with anything that would not even make sense in a scene and it's in here just some random BS <laughs> hey the, the computer so waves blankety blank like the fun part of this movie is the bad dialogue the story has nothing to do with anything well I, I noticed too like they made L like totally neurotic because him and Stella they decided to go to this planet to investigate well act uh, on hyperspace 
Go ahead. I think Acton had narrowed down three locations where the three pods should be. So they're going to go in order one, two, three to see if the Emperor's missing son is still alive. Did where Interstellar one of them... also rip off Star Crash? I think a lot of movies ripped off Star Crash, dude. It's... Because remember, he had like three planets he had to go to to find where the scientist was alive. Huh. Hmm. <laughs> no one ripped off anyway. this dialogue, I'll tell you that. Yeah, not at all, dude. So, like, every time L does anything, he's nervous. He's nervous about hyperspace. He's nervous oh, about getting close to the water. He's always, he's, like, totally neurotic. A robot he's complaining is about super everything. nervous, much like C-3PO, would we say? <laughs> oh, um, wow. What? They put that together, man. Mind blown again. Yeah. Uh, they do land, and they survey a spacecraft crash, and they see a planetary artifact which my is uh, favorite planet in the universe, by the way, is where they landed. The where? That's my favorite planet in that universe. Why? Planet Amazonia or wherever they, the Amazon planet. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Totally um, awesome. But yes, go ahead. I'm sorry. They find the crash ship and they find an quote, quote, artifact, which is a bent piece of metal. Uh, and then they start searching for the missing crew on the Amazonian uh Ah, dude, I don't even know what the hell's happening anymore. Jesus, I cannot keep track of these notes. What is going on? No, no, it's the movie. It's not your notes. I'm having the same issue. Okay. So uh, I'll, let, let me help you through this because this one I actually did enjoy. Uh, they okay. land, they find what they call an artifact. So it must be inhabited. And they're like, well, let's search over there. So they just start walking in a random direction with no, for some reason. And they see like, hey, somebody's coming. And it's a pack of uh, Amazons on horses, kind of like a Wonder Woman style world i would guess like the amazon the candy world. apple red horses yes they were red <laughs> yeah they were red okay, yeah yeah, yeah. Now, now i'm calling it yeah. and they, they cut to some super hot amazon leader that's like oh i'm gonna kill that robot because she's real mad about robots for some reason i guess they like she has a grudge against robot non-explained that's right yes <laughs> that's right <laughs> she's super pissed so they the amazons take um stella star and l prisoner but dude did I kind of, I hope, I kind of hope you didn't, but I don't know if you did. Did you read any of the trivia on when they did the casting for the Amazons? No. Oh my goodness! So, you oh, tell. Hold on, let me make sure I got this in my notes, so I don't don't want to mess it up. Okay, so the the production manager and the director, right? They're doing the they're doing the casting for some reason. I think I read it was the production manager. They must not have had casting, or whatever, for the Amazons. And let me tell you this, dude, or anybody that's listening. All these chicks were tens. There was like uh, yeah, 30 11. or 40, 11, 10, 10 plus. These were beautiful Italian women, I'm guessing. Dressed in nothing, bikinis, super hot, right? So during, so the, when they're, they're interviewing all, it's this huge pack of chicks that want to be in the movie, right? So the first chick comes in and the, what did I say it was? Because I want to make sure I'm not uh, the production manager. Yeah, so the, the director's there and the production manager. So the production manager's like, all right, she does her little scene, whatever, it's very short. And then he says, okay, well, let's see that bush. And the chick, the chick takes off her, takes down her pants to show, you know, because it's Amazon, right? To show like her healthy bush. And the director's like, oh, what the shit? So then she leaves and the director tells the production manager like, hey man, they're not going to be, this is a PG man. They're not going to have to be naked in this movie. And he was like, hey, hey dude, just shut the fuck up. All right. And they made all the chicks drop their pants to interview to be one of the Amazons on the planet. <laughs> That's a crime. And the, a crime. I know. And the, I think the director even said, like, they, they asked him about it. And his quote was like, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Like, I don't think I, I, don't think I should feel good about that. 
God. Can you, you know, believe that I, shit? Off the, intro, off the intro to my show, I, I was going to say a sleazy Italian space opera. <laughs> and I took out sleazy, but can I add that can back you, in? Can you believe that shit, dude? God. <laughs> Horrible, dude. I wonder Horrible. if like, Disney did that. Oh, I mean, maybe that was just how it worked back then. But I mean, dude, but I got to say, man, when you tell me it's 70s Italian space opera, I would expect to see some boobs because, you know, you would think, nothing. but nothing. Yeah. No, no, that's just glorious women in bikinis and G strings. Yeah. Oh, my God, though. I was reading that. I was like, what the shit? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Crazy, huh? <laughs> so, yeah. Sorry. Get off track there. Uh, Jesus Christ. They man. capture Ellen Stella and they, they're bringing her to see the Amazon le- leader, and some chick just jumps out in the middle of nowhere and blasts L. That's I, right. He, do, he gets tore up in his Oh, yeah, yeah. Yo, he sure does. Blasts L in the chest, and, and they have a really, really bad, badly staged fight scene between Stella Star and a bunch of the really these Amazons. Um, it, it was a horrible fight scene, but, man, it, it was some eye candy. I'll tell you that for sure. Oh, yeah, like those crappy karate chops and stuff like I thought, that. I thought I might have landed on Planet Erectus at that time. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Thanks. Uh, so she is surrounded and eventually carried away by um, Cyborg Larry the Cable Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, she's carried away. Uh, this Larry the Cable Guy, Cyborg, is uh, maybe alive because we see his little hands twitching and whatnot. So Yeah, yeah. L, L still, they think he's dead, but um, yeah, his hand twitches, so you get a little little sneak peek that he's not dead yet. All right. We're going to see more of him. Yeah. So take Stella to Queen Corellia. Is that who that is? Mm, I didn't write down anybody's name from the Amazon planet. Okay, well, uh, she's so hot that she has to take her robe off and show her bikini off, too. Yeah, and that is her name. I just looked her up, and uh, yeah, it she really was is. Yeah. super, super hot, yeah. Uh, she's in league with the Count and accuses Stella of being a spy at some point. Mm-hmm. So now Stella has to deal with that. So I've heard that before. I didn't even catch any of that, by the way. I, I didn't know why the Queen was mad or anything. Yeah, who knows, yeah. right? They're going to put Stella in the uh, mind probe, but the L redneck uh, intervenes and takes the queen hostage. So yeah, it's like a, um, it's like a space waffle house incident. <laughs> like how- <laughs> They're throwing chairs. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, go ahead. Explain what happens. But it's, it's, it's so, this whole movie is like this is because they, they bring her in a room and she's surrounded and they're like, all right, and you're going to do this. And then all of a sudden L pops up behind the queen and grabs her and he's like, let her go. And, and then he grabs Stella and then, then they just leave the room. It's almost like how she escaped from the slavery planet. It's like, I'm gonna grab a gun and just peace out the window. And it, it, it was so abrupt and unexplained. It was so weird. Like for, Something that's supposed to be like a sci-fi action pack. There's zero action. No, there's nothing. So he just pops up out of nowhere. He's got a gun now, and he 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 basically don't follow us and and gets in an elevator with Stella, and now they're free again. And and then by they the way, do zap a couple of the girls, but when they zap the girls in the bikinis, obviously they can't put those elaborate squibs on them, so they just basically disappear off the screen. Yeah, he he blew them into into like into the the multiverse, like gone, like he yeah, disintegrated. They just them. disappear. And then he's got one bullet left in his ray gun, so he uses it to blow a door open <laughs> something. I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. Like something like that. Yeah, he shocks a blocked door. Uh... And they escape out into the beach again. Yes. And the queen has to activate Voltron uh, or uh, Mega Mega Maid. <laughs> yeah, pretty much Mega Maid. The Guardian to get the revenge, and it's that enormous, like, Ultraman, crappy, like, plastic doll thing. Oh, oh, my it God. had zero articulation whatsoever. It couldn't even walk. It had to, like, um, hobble from, like, left foot to right foot with straight legs. 
<laughs> it's like back in the day when you get the crappy Star Wars figures that didn't have the articulation, no articulation like the G.I. Joe's had. Like, oh. oh, Jesus, yeah. And then and the, they had these huge cogs for her nipples, which I did enjoy. I thought that was pretty cool. I was, I was thinking, is that a spacely sprocket or a Cogswell cog? One of them got the one of them got the contract for her nipples, though. Yeah, they sure did. And that's when Lynn uh, was like, "Why does that robot have nipples?" I got him well. I wrote in my notes that that robot walks like me after a leg workout with bigger tits. <laughs> it walks like a toddler with a duke in his diaper that doesn't want to like smush it. He's got straight legged. So I don't know. I mean, uh, the only maneuver that robot has against Stella and Elle is like to just slowly, like stiff-leggedly, stomp on top of them. I guess. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad, but I loved it so much. I was so happy during the scene, man. <laughs> oh, oh man, but he bad. does shoot that sword out. That need to block their exit. It's a she. Something like that. You could tell by the nipples, but yeah, it was a she. Yeah, uh, they, yeah. they're like running away, and they're going to run into some crack, and it, it does this weird throw of its sword that blocks. It It, it traps L from Stella is what it does. Um, okay. And then Stella does a, a classic horror movie fall. Uh, just on nothing. It's just dirt. And then she does like a rollover. <laughs> oh my yeah. God, I can't walk. And and the right as soon as Mega Maid is about to mm. go from suck to blow, uh, uh, Acton shows up. Exactly. <laughs> Acton shows up in the spaceship and starts shooting some bunk ass laser rays at her. And then she kind of like slowly wobbles her way down into the sand and lays there. And that's the, that's the quote action of that scene. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that god. was good. Jeez, you that did was good. Such a good job because man, my notes are so fucking boring. Oh, that's oh off the. Cu- that's why I told you in the beginning. This might be a lean against the wall and talk off the cuff type show. I don't know that my notes are going to help yeah. me much here. <laughs> yeah, dude, you're right. Holy yeah. shit. Yeah. Like your style of viewing is definitely helping you out on this. Uh, one. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, that was great. But then they uh, get get on the ship and escape as a warrior fleet well, arrives. Also, um, weren't they supposed to go there and look for something? Did they just decide it wasn't there? What now? They were on that planet to look for the Emperor's kid. Did they just decide he wasn't there at that just, point? <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, well, that didn't work out. Let's go. Uh, we we um, ran into a little danger, so we needed to leave. We, we explored camp. about 30 yards of that beach and decided that he's not on this planet, so let's get out of here. clear. You can piece that together. Holy <laughs> shit. They didn't really do their mission. Yeah. They never did, by the way, the other planets either. <laughs> Oh, then great. they get on the ship and Thor's like, we won, everyone. We did it. We've done it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, I think that was basically their way of telling us the audience, just so they didn't have to pay for the fight scene. I think you're right. Yeah. We did it. We defeated the enemy. Yeah. So anyway. Yep. And now they have to go check out uh, the mothership, right? I think. Are they onto planet two yet? Uh, I'm not sure. That this part of my notes is, is all screwy. Ice and snow one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Perfect for snow. yeah, perfect for breathing and uh, and that's when some of the people I saw on YouTube and stuff were like, I think George Lucas ripped off yeah. Star Crash with Hoth. from from from, from uh, Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who, who are those people? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make a list because I don't like whoever those people are <laughs> right there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, once the sun sets, the temp drops thousands of degrees on this planet. So they've got to hurry up, get down there, and do their investigation before the sun sets. So she had to wear so, her she had to wear her winter bikini when she got <laughs> out. Made of fur. Because <laughs> <laughs> she did, she did change it. Hey, by the way, she was. The, uh, we should have mentioned that since she'd been rescued, she's still wearing the slave bikini. 
So she hadn't changed out of that yet. So now that they're going to the planet where, where the temperature drops thousands of degrees, um, she had to switch to it, like you said, a, a more of a winter style bikini. So she did flip it up at this point. <laughs> yes. And doesn't she also wear that um, the suit that covers up the bikini, but it's see-through so you can still see it? Oh, yeah. And that's that's when the yeah. bikini turned into that's, a diaper. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. It's got a little stuffy in there. A little, I did notice a little mist in that thing, a little, <laughs> little humidity. <laughs> Little steam popping up. She's not there yet, though. Uh, that's that's in the next planet. So anyway, they get there. Uh, Stella immediately decides that they should just give up. <laughs> See, right? So they go for a walk. For you know, they land her and L. Right, and they're like, "Well, let's go this way." No joke. That's the dialogue, by the way. They'll land, and she'll say, "Let's walk this way," and then they'll start walking, and then she's like. I don't we'll think I don't it. think we're getting much here. Let's go back to the ship. And then he's like, "Yeah, it's about to be night. Um, let's head back." And that that's when the big double cross scene happens. I think between Thor and Acton. Yeah, and then when they get back up to the ship, Acton's just sitting there playing with like a futuristic fidget spinner. Like well, no, no, they're they're still on the planet. Yeah, he he's he's playing with the with the electric fidget spinner. Which again, now you're just like, what is this? Like, so he's that's you didn't know yet if he's a robot or what he's doing. He's got like a little um electronic drawn wiggly squiggly do and he's just fucking around with it between his hands and they get well, back she's to, out doing all the work well she's, she's out working yeah so it's they're they're coming back to the ship because their power cells are almost dead or some other mumbo jumbo and uh they're like hey let us in and right when he gets up to let us in or that's to let right. them in yep. that's when that's when uh, thor robert tessier uh blasts him in the back of the nug with a stick or something Says yep. he killed him, by the way, because he's laying there with his eyes open. He says he's killed him, and uh, and they're like, "Hey, let us in!" And the dude's like, "No, and like, uh, I work for the emperor. I'm gonna be the prince of the new dark forest, or I don't remember what. Um, and now you're gonna sit out there and freeze to death and die, just as I had planned." Har har har. <laughs> That's almost exactly what's said, by the way. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, L has a new power. <laughs> oh, it's like a uh, Jedi power, maybe. Well, Acton has that later. I don't know what the hell L. L's, so L tells her like, lay down on the sand in the snow. By the way, lay down in the snow and hold my hand, and I'm going to use my reactor to keep your heart alive or something. That's right. So they just lay yeah. there in the snow, and Robert Tessier can't get the ship to work. He can't fly yeah, away because it won't betray Acton. No, because Acton sabotaged it. He took the reactor out, which you find out later. But he can't get... So the Emperor's yelling at him uh, on the the screen about like, get your ass back here and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I can't. The the ship's malfunctioning. Hey, did you see the ship's brain? It was like a humongous ball sack right in the middle of the the (laughs) control. It was awesome. Oh, my God. All right. So so L and Stella are laying in the snow doing... I don't know what the hell's going on. And he can't get the ship to work Fire up. and he, he's got like a little soldering iron out he's like fucking what's the like, little circuits or whatever and then acton gets up he's not dead and Uh-oh. now you learn that he's like some kind of jedi and they have a really bad fight where he, like back smacks him yeah i think all of a sudden he's he doesn't get affected by the rays anymore and then he uses his hands to like deflect them back into thor to kill him or something but it's never explained and it i don't really understand the scene hmm so I don't know if you got any of that, but I did. No, I got Thor's space rays can't stop Acton. Uh, he uses some sort of Jedi magic. There you go. 
So now he's also the Jedi. Yeah. And then he calls out to L to revive him and bring Stella back onto the ship. Uh, and Stella's almost frozen to death. So, my and, God. And then he uses new Jedi magic because L ah. tells him, like, hey, use some of your powers to warm her up, but do it slowly. And he just puts his hands up in the air, and now he's like a microwave oven hands. And he and I did like the effect of her being frozen. <laughs> he did microwave her like a, a baked potato. He, he did. But I like the frozen effect. I don't know what they used to make her look frozen. I thought it looked pretty cool. Uh, I, yeah, dude, I was the slow-mo defrost cool was, like, excellent. Today. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. It was good. Um, yep. So he brings her back, but they never say like what his powers was. It's just like, hey, you use your powers to bring her back. But then the most ridiculous re- reveal of all time to me, um, she was like, "You knew he was gonna, you knew he was gonna double cross us or something." He's like, "Yes, I did." And then she's like, "So you can see the future?" He's like, "Yes, I can." So, so why don't you use that to help us? Which, it, out which is exactly what she said. She says that she says, "Well, why didn't you use it to keep me out of trouble?" And he said. That would be against the law. And then she says, like, oh, act on. And then on to the next scene. And I was like, what the, <laughs> what the shit was that? <laughs> He's waiting for an audience laugh track. Oh, act on. So all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she just is like, so you can tell the future. And he's like, yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, all right, man, whatever. Next scene. Please, more Amazons. That's all I was thinking at this point. Go to Amazon Planet 3 now, please. <laughs> Snow Planet had nothing for me. Uh, go to Las Vegas Lounge. Planet now, take please. Back, take me back to Planet Erectus because that snow killed it completely. <laughs> yeah. T- took down the vibe. Yeah. So that's when they go to Planet Derendium. Did I get that one right? Yeah, sure. I got to find something called the third launch, I guess, for the third this launch. The third, this is the third escape spot pod. for the third escape yeah. pod. Yeah, correct. Uh, they have a catastrophic power, power failure, and now the lava lamp goo is all over the ship. Right. So they're they're at the planet now where the ship in the original ship was in the beginning of the movie, and there's right. some something from the planet, which is very Star Trek like. Really, that was more of a Star Trek than a Star Wars thing. But um, yeah, they go through the same red globes, but don't die. And at the end, there's no explanation. No, they, didn't the ship get hit with a laser too? I mean, they get like all out attacked. Yeah, but they don't and, die. Nothing happens to them. Like the whole they killed them. And kind of brags about that too. Like, yeah. hey, we survived the deadliest attack known to existence yeah but with no explanation like how right <laughs> like, and they're like and no joke this is the dialogue like we did it ha ha that that's what you get and that's the end of that scene <laughs> what why oh my gosh son what are we watching so, uh let's see what happens next <laughs> sure let's see if i can find my notes uh, <laughs> Uh, so that's when, again, um, Stella and L go down to the planet. Right. Planet three. They see the crashed pod. Yep. Stella goes down to investigate. And while Stella's investigating, uh, I think L gets beat to shit by some like crazy homeless people. (laughs) So a bunch of cavemen jump out and they- Troglodytes, I think. Don't they actually call them troglodytes? I don't, I don't know if they did, but that's what they looked like. But I, I they they popped L's dome off like a rock'em sock'em robot, dude. They just hit him like in the chin and his whole head. His whole head ex- like ejected. It was awesome. That it part did. I really liked, dude. It was like, so awesome. Like he got awesome. punched in the chest and it just popped right off, Boink! dude. His whole and, head uh, popped Did out. you notice like the troglodytes makeup looked like bubble gum and shoe polish? Oh, dude, it was just like, yeah, it was like paper mache onto their face. It was awesome. Yeah, that I did oh, like. so bad, dude. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness! It was, but really I bad. was in genuine shock when when L got killed like that. I was like, "Whoa!" Yeah, because this time it wasn't like when he got shot and he was twitching. They 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 tore him up. Like they tore his arms He's off. His head his yeah, head came lifeless. off. The the wires were sticking out. It was pretty cool. Probably the best action. Too, of the movie. Like they surround him on the ground and they're all beating him with different objects. Yeah, and like one of the persons, one of the trichodites actually had like a brontosaurus bone. Nice. He's like <laughs> Flintstones. <laughs> Is that the Flintstone set. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, wow. Um, they take Stella back to their cave, uh, where they eat meat and dance, but are they eating like human meat or I think that was, I think that was what they were trying to get at. She's hanging upside down next to the fire. And I think what they're getting at is, is there, you know, she's going to be the next course. And I think at one point the guy, even before she's saved, he puts the knife, like he's going to cut her up or something, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, kind of reminiscent of an Ewok scene, maybe. Oh, really? Well, that was the far after this. But, yeah. Hey, you they, think so? Well, I mean, Ewoks came, what, in 84, 83? Mm, starting to make a case for Coatsy yeah, now. Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, what, <laughs> what, they, they carried her away, though, um, in the same way they carried away Luke, like like bound at the, the on a stick yeah. bound at the ankles and wrists. But I'll tell you what, they were carrying her on like a metal huge metal girder that was probably weighed yeah. 700 times more than the person it was attached to. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was nuts. Yeah. But then I mean, just when you think you don't understand what's going on, there's no way this can get stupider. Another <laughs> dude shows up. <laughs> like they're about to, they're about to make Stella like a charcuterie tray. Yeah. Some dude in a gold helmet shows up. <laughs> Some dude in a helmet shows up out of nowhere and he's got laser beams in his eyes and he starts shooting all the cavemen. Purple lasers. Yeah. And then this, then this motherfucker takes off his helmet, and it's David Hasselhoff. And I'm not talking about a dude that looks like David Hasselhoff. It's actually it's David Hasselhoff. And I think it's like his third or fourth role ever, and he had some like super bit parts um, before this. Before we get into more of the Hoff, can I make one more assessment about how this stole from Star Wars? Yeah, please. Uh, David Hasselhoff shot those purple lasers like a stormtrooper, because he didn't hit anybody. <laughs> At all. Swinging a miss all over the place. Yeah. Dude, he was shooting blanks everywhere, and people were just like running away from him. So he killed no one. He just blew up a lot of dirt. And then at the end, he says that, 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 that there's no more energy left in the helmet. He screwed or something, so he wasted it all blasting <laughs> He wasted dirt. on that. I got it. Here's, here's my exact <laughs> note with the clip. Here's, here's exactly how I wanted this to go when I talked to you about it. So it's this. All right. Read it. This is a dramatic reading from my notes. So a robot got killed by a caveman. And then David Hasselhoff shows up and kills the cavemen with lasers from his eyes. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? That's what's going on in my brain when I was yeah. writing, when I'm writing this. <laughs> That's the problem I'm having with my notes, man. Like when you're writing them, it seems like it's in chronological order. And then when you get back to them, I'm like, what the fuck is yeah, happening? I know because the movie's so disjointed and, and none, of, none of the things really lead None, nothing they do makes sense to lead into the next scene and they get out of the scene in such wonky ways that I have no clue what's going on from one moment to the next which yeah. sounds like a complaint but man I did like this movie dude I really had a good time oh, with I'm it I'm glad you did I did man you can watch it again by yourself I did. hey Hasselhoff really fucking went for it with that eyeliner though he had more eyeliner on than Stella did his eyeliner was deep dark he was Maybelline up in there <laughs> had to keep that a moisture free set oh, so he didn't God, run everywhere dude. he was deep on that eyeliner uh, so then they escape to the caves 
uh, which I thought those looked cool. Do you think those were caves or that was a set? Was that location or set? Oh, that's a good question. I didn't pay good enough attention to to be able to tell Because, dude, they were slimy and just, like, just went on forever. Anyway, they get stuck down there throughout the rest of the movie, pretty much? Almost, yeah. I thought the, I thought the end, uh, the last portion of the movie was unnecessary, like the final... Um, oh, yeah. It should have ended know. here. Like, them getting off the planet here should have been the end of the movie, but go ahead. Uh, halfway through their escape, they decided they need to rest because you know how lazy Stella is. <laughs> <laughs> we should just give up and die. Should we should just bikini adjusting. <laughs> we should just lay here and starve ourselves to death. There's no use. Speaking of, they said Hoff got a really bad food poisoning uh, during the filming of this also. <laughs> so whoever was supplying the food jacked both him Craft and Stella up really good. Yeah. Craft services was poisoning everybody. Probably George Lucas didn't want this movie to be made. <laughs> he was worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> So you got Hoff with food poison. You got Stella with turd in her bikini rolling around the set. <laughs> George Lucas is back there with a little vial of white powder uh, over dude, the like ringing, it, like ringing his hands together. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you, Star Crash. <laughs> Wait, I do better George Lucas. Um, I'm not a big fan of Star Crash. I'm more of a Star Wars type guy. <laughs> it's my first attempt at a Lucas, by the way. Oh. He's such a pansy sounding dude. Man. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I guess uh, after they have a well well deserved rest, uh, they get in a kung fu battle with some troglodytes. Uh, right. Yeah, they get attacked again, and I th- think that's when Acton, for no reason at all, finally shows up. Like every time, by the way, on every planet, right? Because he showed up yeah. to shoot the big metal nipple made. Then he showed up to save them from the snow, and now yeah. out of the blue he shows up. Well, I guess he could tell the future, so I, I don't know. Whatever. I guess. So they're in a big fight with the caveman, and his laser eye helmet is dead. And then out of the blue, Acton shows up with a lightsaber that was no, a no? Light, laser sword. La- sorry, laser sword <laughs> that I thought looked way more like space balls than Star Wars. I got a space <laughs> balls feel out of that one for sure. That Schwartz was bigger than that. Right. <laughs> He shows up with the wonkiest laser sword and and saves them again. And then yes. I think she even makes a mention of like, you knew it again, didn't you? Ha, ha, ha. And he's like, eh, yes, I did, Stella. You know, I, 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 I still I, think I, he's I, a robot. No, no, he's not. They 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 tell, they, he's a, they even label him. He's well, like. Wait till we get there. Okay, okay. Wait till we get there. They do label him though. Okay. So. Uh, they now have to find the Count's Phantom Planet, <laughs> which, oh. which by the way, happens to be the same planet they're on by by luck and happenstance, right? Because they're like, well, now we got to find um, whatever, and the guy's like, well, think of it. They said the Phantom Planet had uh, two series of defenses. One was the red orbs, and one was the troglodytes. We're on the planet, right. so lucky for them, they found the guy that they were looking for on the same planet uh. that they needed to find after they found him. Oh, what a contrite plot device and as as an important note for later when he takes off his helmet he introduces himself as simon who is the and she even says like you're the one we've been looking for being the emperor's Mm. son and then for some reason later in the movie he reveals himself as the emperor's son and she gets mad at him (laughs) slight plot uh slight plot hole but Uh, okay (laughs) yeah whoops yeah the continuity uh guy didn't catch on to that all right but I mean, think about it. Like, if you've got two big set pieces you need to film, 
and you're a low budget movie, what better way to handle that than by putting them both in the same place? Sure. I mean, yeah, whatever. I, it, it, at this point in the movie, and I told Lynn the same thing, just don't ask questions. You just watch the movie because there ain't no answers. And if you do have an answer, it's going to be ridiculous or wrong. So just watch the movie. Just watch it. Yeah. Let it flow over you. Yes. Hmm. Like the force. Uh, we know we're- Let it flow. <laughs> Let it flow. We, uh, uh, like Caroline Monroe's diary. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline Monroe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Much like what's happening in her leather bikini, let it flow. <laughs> let it flow. So uh, at one point they're walking through the cave and then they stumble upon a long, very science fiction-y looking, technologically designed and enhanced hallway. Very Star Trek must, reminiscent hallway. Yeah, which yeah. must mean it goes directly to the operations headquarters. It has to, right? Yeah, I mean, they've looked They've they've looked in at least 100 square foot of the planet, so they, they were bound to find it sooner or later at this point. <laughs> They've searched near and close. Yeah. Or not yeah. Hard <laughs> right. yeah. They've searched near and near narrow and, and they finally found it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, without dealing with any resistance whatsoever, they walk right into the nerve center of the entire operation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing. They just walk right down this long hallway. And next thing you know, like, hey, see all these blinking lights and glowing domes and shit? This is where it happens. Yeah. Not sure what happens, but it happens. It's the nerve center, Steve. Everything happens. Everything. And okay. nothing. Yeah. At all. Definitely so anyway, nothing, because I'd still understand what they had to destroy and what it was doing, but okay. Well, I, I, Stella did comment at one point that the room is filled with pre-programmed computers that could go on forever. So is it Cyberdyne systems? <sighs> or yeah. It's, like, they also somehow, by looking at the... They were like glass domes. They looked really cool, though. They're like glass domes with blinking lights. They She yeah. did infer somehow from that... Oh, I got the. Can you hear the Air Force blasting across I my? I can. Nice. Is that the uh, Thunderbirds? I think it's Star Crash. It's Christopher Plummer. <laughs> so uh, she infers. I heard there was ten thousand dollars a day in some, a porno to be made. Some asshole's talking about Star Crash and then poor light. Uh, she infers somehow that the red globes that have been killing everybody have come emanated from these computers and it was projected directly into their brains. It wasn't real at all. Mm, so it was. Uh, but how would you die? Just from fright? Uh, yeah. See, now you're asking questions, man. You get into Lynn territory now. It's already been explained. It's projected into okay. your brain. I don't know how she figured that out by looking at the room, but yeah. she figured it out. She couldn't figure out she was on the right planet, but she could figure out what this room. Is. She couldn't figure out how to get out of the bikini fast enough, but yeah, she couldn't figure it out. <laughs> okay. So yeah, suppose uh, the red things were projected. So blah blah blah. It's at that moment though that they decide to uh, destroy it, but. They kind of don't want to destroy it at the same time, which while they're bantering back and forth about whether or not to blow this thing up, uh, it gives just enough time for um, two of the robots to engage them in like a stop motion battle. Well, for, first the the uh, bad guy shows up, Zarthan or whatever. What was his name? Yeah, Zar- Zartharn. 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 Zartharn shows up and says... Um, it's, it, that's two names, by the way, too. It's not his name. It's Zarth, Zar. last name Arn. So... Count Zarth Arn. Okay, evil Gomez Adams shows up with his yes. homies and says, you're, you're going to die here. We're going to explode the planet. I don't understand why. It's his planet. But also your dad, the emperor, is going to die because he's on his way here right now to save you. We, That's right. We, we, we alerted him that we found you. Mm-hmm. So when he gets yep. here, we're going to blow up the planet. Now, I'm going to take off right now, but I'm going to leave my two robots here. They're going to make sure you can't mm-hmm. escape. 
and then he Austin Power Evil uh, Doctor Evil's out and leaves the two. If you they tried I mean? to do anything to escape, kill them. The golems, they called them. Which yeah, he tells them that, but why wouldn't he just say, fucking kill them? <laughs> They're going to die anyway. Yeah. Why do we waste see? all this time see? holding them hostage Again, until they like die? I told Lynn, you're worrying too much about details, man. You got to get into the you got to get into the stop motion extravaganza that you're about to see. Yeah. Which Michael walked through the room and was like, that looks terrible. <laughs> but you know what, man? You know what? That that scene is sucked, right? Like they have a, a, a what would you call it? light sword? A, a laser sword. They, okay, they so have a laser sword battle. As far away from a lightsaber as possible okay. for copyright. They have a laser sword battle that looked atrocious, but at the same time, I can't figure out how they made it look as good as it did look with with the with the stop animation versus the real people. Like the swords kind of connected, and they almost looked like they were engaging. I don't. I would have to be hell to edit that. I don't know how they edited that together. I'm actually impressed, but I'm impressed that it happened that way. Listen, it's no Harryhausen's like Seventh Voyage of Sinbad, right? But wouldn't it have been easier to like spray paint the dude silver like on the strip, and just have them like have an actual sword battle instead of stop motion animating that entire thing? Well, I mean, you had L the robot. Why not just two bad looking L the robots with a guy inside of it, C-3PO style? You're you're stop motion animating something that's human size. Like, it's not miniature or large, it's human size, so just go the easy route. I, I really It'd probably was, cost you way more to do that than to just get two guys in a suit real quick. I was really impressed the way it looked, though. And I'm not saying it looked good, but I can't believe they even made it look like it did with the, with the, how complex that had to have been. I, I was really surprised by that. The stop motion guys, I mean, they had a limited budget, but you could tell they've got experience, too, you know? Yeah, I was blown away by that, that scene right there. Yeah, I mean, not in a good way, but I was still, like, boggled at it. Yeah. So budget of like, you know, four million. And, at the at the end know. of the battle, and I think Hoff and, and Archon really were trying to sell it. Like they were going all out. Um at the end of the battle, Archon Acton? Acton, sorry. Acton gets hit on his shoulder by one of the light swords, laser swords. Yes. And he's basically and dead he, now. He's like, out. That's it. He's out. Like, he's and out. Uh, he he had already gotten blasted by rays and you know clubbed over the head and all everything else. But somehow this he little shoulder the, tap, the globs, the globs, the deadliest weapon known to you right. know planet so, kind. So she's like, um, you know, you'll be okay. You know, we'll carry you out. And I think this is the time when they have the reveal that that this is it. This is when they have the reveal that Hoff is the Emperor's son, and she's like all mad. But I was like, no, but you already. T- you already Told said you you're the one we're looking for, so I didn't understand what she was mad. I guess they're looking for the, uh, you know, oh, this is the Princess Leia is actually the princess, not what I don't know what they're going for. But uh, so he's he's laying there and saying, like, no, my time is done. I've completed my mission. You guys need to go on. And Hoff's like, dude, we'll carry you out, man. You can make it. And he's like, no. And then he he does the Jedi. Go on without me. Yeah, go on without me. He does the Jedi um, um, disappear, you know, the, the Obi-Wan robe, robe left on the ground. He just disappears. Yep into nothingness um, and, and they call him the uh, alien pathfinder. That was his, his label. So the only hit I got was where somebody said it was uh, Stella's most, most human like friend. Yeah. But so you actually say they call him some sort of alien. They did. They, they call him an alien pathfinder that, cause at one point the bad guys like you and your alien pathfinder friend, or we're finally going to get him or something uh, like that. I never caught on to that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I trust me. It doesn't matter, but he was an alien, yeah. but they never and explained. I will watch again to, yeah, yeah, to yeah, see yeah. where I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
Yeah. So. so whatever. I know that sounds whatever. However it sounds, it's how it is in the movie. I apologize. Well, my joke about him logging off doesn't work now, so. She logged off in that bikini. You just transferred over to her. <laughs> Hoff probably logged so, uh, off a bit. <laughs> so old Hasselhoff and Plummer get to stare the, or share the screen together for a little bit. Yep. Um, but then, like, they have this long, drawn-out, like, welcome session, and then they let them know they got 48 seconds to leave the planet. Right, so so uh, at, at, right after... What, fuck, I can't, why can't I put his name on my head? Archon? Acton. Right after Acton, Acton dies... The plumber, the emperor, actually does show up with his, you know, honor guard, and and they're like, dude, we only got three minutes to get, or no, no, we got to get off the planet. It's about to explode, um, but but the emperor has a trick up his sleeve. <sighs> All uh, Superman one, maybe. Um, I don't know. Go ahead. They're gonna stop time. Yeah. So the emperor's For like, three hey, minutes. I wouldn't be the emperor if I didn't have some weapons of my own. And he calls to the mothership. So not not like him doing it like with powers. He calls to his mothership and says, uh, mothership, stop time on the planet. And a beam comes out of the ship. And then he says that they have only three minutes before time starts again and the planet's going to explode. But he does take a big chunk of three minutes explaining to him. <laughs> he's like we only got three minutes so let me explain to you how this is going to work <laughs> they kind of talk about it for a minute we got 48 seconds left shit so so yeah I guess the emperor was able to stop time on just that planet but not the people just the and just for long enough for them to escape just the pl- just the computers on the planet or just the planet itself but not the people or the universe yeah or how or why and uh, then so once again they've have narrowly escaped by whatever and it, it let's just say this too it's not cool looking no no it's terribly boring and what packs more of a, a visual punch like narrowly escaping the ship and you know under three seconds or something or just stopping time and just casually like talking about stuff and then just they, they like got off. in the elevator and left <laughs> uh yeah that 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 to me was oh my god preposterous and and aggravating and everything else. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Zartharn thinks that they're all dead. So he doesn't do anything with any haste anymore. Uh, so at that point, Emperor, uh, whatever his name is, decides to gather all the legions and to attack him while he's resting on his laurels because he right. thinks they're dead. He thinks they're dead. So the perfect time to attack. Excellent military maneuvering. Um, so then we get more shots of ships flying across space. And literally at this point, I'm thinking they're just using that stuff for filler, right? It's padding the runtime of this thing. I mean, it was, it was, uh, what it was pretty much it, what it was going for was the whole, um, trench scene from, from them going to destroy the death star. It was a bunch of ships flying over mod. It was models flying other over other models with sparks and lasers. Um, I thought that the spaceship fighting was pa- passable, because I'm trying to think back to the 70s, like it was kind of on par with like Battlestar Galactic and Buck Rogers, which were TV shows though, not movies. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. It was passable, it, but it went on a little long and you never knew who was good or even bad who was doing the shooting because all the ships were just stock models. There was they no like, the yeah, yeah, there was no markings to, to tell you who was winning or who wasn't winning. Um, went on a little long, but I, I will give it a little nod to it was cool to see the models and stuff you know that, that was okay my favorite part of the whole thing was the human torpedoes uh, dude the golden the golden <laughs> turds <laughs> is that awesome? hey, i didn't see that coming I, I had no clue what was going on there so they say man the torpedoes and they shoot these little golden turds 
through the awesome. open portholes of the spaceship. So there's no glass breaking. They just plop right through the, the circular <laughs> hole onto the ground, and then it opens up, and two people hop out. <laughs> With guns, and they start shooting? <laughs> that was cool as shit. It was awesome. So it was like the, the Trojan poop. They got him with the old Trojan poops, dude. <laughs> no, no, guys, don't attack it. It's gold. They're giving us a gift. Wait a second. Uh, it was so awesome. It was good. We're under uh, attack. That was good. It was great. Oh, my God. Unfortunately, uh, that didn't work, and they had to resort to plan T for turd. Um, <laughs> a fourth dimensional attack, I believe he called it. Uh, 4D, yeah. Uh, uh, he was going to use the Doom machine, so they had to 4D it. <laughs> but why? I didn't understand any of it. I watched it three times. I still have no clue what he was doing at the end. No idea, dude. Uh, did you enjoy uh, Joe Simonell like pointing around and telling oh, yeah. the soldiers to kill? Yeah. Like, hey, over there, kill that yeah. guy. He was walking hey, in this huge battle scene, people battle. shooting. He would be like, two on the left, get that guy there and kill him. And he's just walking through the fight, <laughs> yelling at him. Even at the end, when, well, when they're running away. Dying around him. Mad. Yeah, when, when he, at the end, he was yelling like, don't run, you fool. Stand and fight like men. And they're like, we're about to die. And they're all getting out of there. Oh, uh, that was great. Oh, so Holy anyway, moly. Uh, I think we made it sound more interesting than it actually was. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, they used the fourth dimensional star crash instead. So uh, then the emperor spouts off a bunch of superfluous nonsense. Uh, but the gist of it was that uh, they shot the city that Count Arn was in. So I, 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 what they what they did was they took something they called the floating city, which I think was like the, the emperor's, the emperor's like, actual, like like home, like his home. And they they flew it into the de- not the Death Star whatever his weapon was that he was on his spaceship the Doom Machine the Doom Machine okay sounds but, a lot like a Death Star but so whatever. it was weird because he's like well they're like well we're losing he's winning and he's like well we've got one more thing we can do we're gonna use a fourth dimensional attack I understand we're gonna fly and it was something like the only thing that'll create that much energy is the floating city. And we've already had it evacuated. So Stella and L now for some reason are on the floating city and they have to fly it into the doom machine. Is that what you got out of that? No, I'll tell you what I did get out of it. I said, I hope this movie has a 15 minute credit scene. Cause I'm about done. With it. <laughs> okay. That, that's my best explanation of that. Um, and so they, whatever for the attack that was, so they fly the, the city into the dude and then, Hasselhoff can't go with her because he's the one that has to like rescue her or has to like pull her out when she's done flying it in there. Yes, that's correct. So she flies the city into the thing and right before it hits and explodes, she jumps out of the window into space. And she does, then, she does like a straight like. <laughs> yeah. And then L does a Dukes Which of Hazard yell. Star Wars stole from with Carrie Fisher floating in space. Right. It almost looked the same as. It's, yeah, Stella exactly, exactly the, the same. I think you're right. And then, then L does a Dukes of Hazard yell. Did you catch it? <laughs> he, he did a yee-haw, and he jumps out. And he, and he, I, no shit. He said, uh, "Circuits don't fail me now." <laughs> he did like a fucking cooter. Like he did like a ballad deer joke, <laughs> and jumped out the window after her. And then she's waving, floating around space, waving. Hey, I'm over here. And then Hasselhoff is on a little ship and he starts waving to her and saying like, Stella, Stella. And he's waving to her. And then somehow she swims into the ship 
and then she lived and i don't understand what the hell that was about i don't know no, no, i don't understand any of that dude oh all, all i know is this <laughs> i have a newfound enjoyment of this movie just from your descriptions of it because i would i must have been so goddamn frowny faced while i was watching this that i could not even see that in that movie <laughs> so when so when l was shooting the troglodytes and he was saying like get her done get her done and shoot with his guns you weren't laughing no, I was sitting there with my arms crossed, just just angrily me oh. mugging the TV screen. I was so mad at this movie. I was just like, this sucks. I'm not even joking, dude. And this is legit a line from the movie. When he was shooting the caveman at one point, he said, take that, your varmints. <laughs> <laughs> he was Yosemite Sam. <laughs> Holy shooting shit. Shooting at his feet and it was lifting him up off the ground. <laughs> so and then, then uh, you get a cut of Christopher Plummer waxing nostalgic about some shit i didn't even understand and then then the credits roll i didn't even understand what he was talking about it was something about like one threat has been averted but the universe keeps turning in the light and the darkness of the dimensions and the sacred Did I write down that? <laughs> remember something about that uh, nope oh. i said fuck this i'm not right anymore oh my god so that was the end of the movie i think or, or do you okay, have any? I do just have a quick couple quick questions. Okay okay, okay. okay. All right. First off, what kind of certifications or licensing do you have to have um, before you can actually fly a floating city into a planet? Uh, none, according to what she had. Zero. You just hop on that planet and you just like fire it up and just instinctively, like riding a bike, you know how to pilot a planet. You know what one of Lynn's questions were on that, on the spaceships? Why do they all have swivel chairs? That seems like it would be horribly inefficient in a spaceship to everyone have swivel chairs. They'd be spinning all over the place. Because <laughs> all the chairs Locked were spinning. Chair. <laughs> uh, yeah, none. Apparently, uh, she could fly anything anywhere. So, I did write down here the shot of the lady in the uh, robot popping out the portholes is probably my absolute favorite of the entire movie. I did write down <laughs> Yeehaw. <laughs> Uh, uh, the only thing missing from that, the only thing missing from that scene was the General Lee horn. Ah, say, for we, emphasis. We got it. So we both had the Dukes yep, at the end. So we <laughs> we did it. it. Uh, uh, is dead. He got blown up by a floating city. Uh, nowhere near as cool as it should have been. Scoops up Stella. Uh, L's always the third wheel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And because that, when that, he saves Stella, um, she's like, "You're safe." And then the robot's like, "Huh." And then they, they, they do a back and forth, and he does a, he does a comedic thing that that uh, like, but they didn't even make out or nothing. So I don't, I don't they know. They call him on. like uh, Boner Killer Four, BK uh, Four. For anyway. Oh, speaking uh, of, I uh, did write down one of the I did roles. write down exactly what Christopher Plummer said at the end of the movie. No, you really did. Yeah, it says, uh, "As stars fade away, like the memories of this movie, just know that you will never be forgotten, like the cast wishes you had forgotten you had viewed this space trophy." <laughs> that's, it, that's it. That's Christopher Plummer. Amazing. Yeah, that's exactly what he said. Uh, when you said boner, it reminded me that one of Hoff's first roles, one of the only roles he did before this was in Attack of the Killer Cheerleaders, and his name was Boner in that movie. So, glad I, glad oh, you reminded me. degrees of separation from Boner. There's something. I had to get it in there somewhere. Yeah, Got to get that Boner in there somewhere, Doc. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much for carrying me. I hope your back doesn't hurt too much because, uh, man... This was not one for me, buddy. It's okay, you buddy. Saved the day. That's okay. We got. And let me tell you something, man. Before we do our, our end show, and this is legit. This is coming from the heart. I'm gonna tell you why you're cool, dude. Why? Why you're an awesome guy. This is something you would have never watched. Um, actually, I by extension, I'm awesome too because I would have never watched Martyrs, right? But you would. Yeah, yeah. But you still watched it, 
you gave it a chance and you you did your homework and you took time and you were still able to um make an enjoyable show out of something that you definitely would have never done for any other reason and you do that quite often with the movies that i pick and i really appreciate that you go the extra mile you you don't dismiss them and you put in the work and that's really cool you man i'd do it for you anytime buddy i love it thanks man. i love talking film with you i've got some good news and i've got some bad news all right doc give me your good news well that's over and in the can so thank you <laughs> that's the good news <laughs> <laughs> i don't blame you no, I did like uh, I, I did like the little sparkly effects. Um, you could tell there was some ingenuity and some heart there, but there's also a lot of plagiarism and a lot lot of uh, cash grabbing going on. Yeah, too, I, I so. agree. Yeah, I agree with you on that. That's when you kind of mix business with artistry, and you kind of get something like this, which is neither. You know, um, I would say for me, I did like the space gadgets, like the the big nutsack computer and the 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 wonky like glass domes on everything. I really like that somebody built that. Like those were actually built practical. Um, I like the models. I, I thought that those were pretty cool. Um, the space mumbo jumbo was fun. That's always kind of fun to me. And and I would say the the models would include the ships and the chicks. I like both of those. Those are my good. You know, I think that's you know you bring up an excellent point. That's one of the reasons why I think I don't enjoy sci-fi, is because so much sci-fi is just the dialogue is just pure wankery. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they're relying on you to trust uh, or to to put away what you commonly know and believe that what they're saying is something real in that universe. And that's tough sometimes. It's, it's never like a relationship between people. It's always a relationship between like technology and people. Yeah. So maybe they just kind of like, you, you know what? I, I think that's why star Wars works on, on different levels too, because they didn't try to explain too much of, of the, of the, of the universe, which they did try to do in the prequels. And I think that's where they failed. Like, like in one of the prequels that are run out of fuel on one of the ships, but fuel is never like a thing in star Wars. It's like, yeah. Why is that? Why is fuel an issue on this one ship in all these movies? All of a sudden, when they try to explain, because it's like a horror movie trope, yeah. like the cars run out of gas, so now you're in peril. Like yeah. now you're having a spaceship run out of gas. Yeah, I don't like like the midi chlorine things in the blood. Like you don't need to explain the force. None of us gave a shit of how the force worked when Star Wars came out. And I think when you try to over explain some of that stuff or try to explain it too much, you ruin it. You ruin the mystique of it. You ruin the fun of it. Um, and that's where Star Wars, I think, came through on on leaving a bunch of that up to your own interpretation. Um, in, it's like a good novel, right? It's yeah. like when they when they make a movie out of a novel, they've taken your memories of that novel and the way you created it in your own head, which is perfect, and put it on screen, which is why the movies are never better than the books, right. most likely. Yep, 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 yep. Most of the time. Yeah. So. Okay, good. That's yeah. excellent. Uh, bad news? Um, this movie meanders, never quite ratcheting up the sci-fi excitement, not one single no, bit. it doesn't. You're right. Um, I'll agree. It just kind of sits there. And... For me... I I really don't understand or really give a shit about anything that happened in the movie. Um, that's a failure on the movie. I, I still loved it. I did like this movie. I really like this movie, um, but it's more my type of shit, you know, but um, I still don't understand any of the motives. I don't understand. I hate when, what's it called? Like a, uh, when they just introduce a new thing to the movie that wasn't there just to get them to the next, is it day? X plot machina device, or like whatever. a lazy plot device. Yeah, yeah. lazy plot. That, that was this, that, this whole movie is that. It's get to this scene, get out of it with some ridiculousness, get to the next scene, and then get out of it without. It just it wasn't good for that. Um, no real consequences at all. Correct, correct. All right, give me a schlock star rating. One out of five actors that should have turned this film down to do a Star Trek walk on. <laughs> yeah, is that Plummer? Yeah, yeah. He actually, it was weird. I, I logged into IMDb today just to have it up, just in case I needed to re refer to it. Yeah. And uh, there was a. A new Charles Dickens movie that stars Christopher Plummer. Wow, yeah. I was like, dude, that guy, still knocking him out. I thought didn't he? I thought he passed away. 
No, well, he may be dead. I, I think he is. I think he passed away a few years ago. He was like in his nineties. Pretty sure. Let's see here. I think I remember reading it. Well, he's in that movie. But it could have been, you know, something he did, new voice work or something he did a while ago. During the pandemic or something. Yeah. I'm just releasing it now. Yep. Let's see here. 2021. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He was recent. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff in production that got super held up during uh, COVID for sure. Yeah. So acting, doing what he loved up until the point he left the mortal coil. Yep. All right. Uh, All right. I'm, I'm going to give this movie one Stella star because there's only one Stella star. I still like the name. Yeah, I think they could have done something with that. That's but, a cool name. Yeah. She's, dude, what a cool chick to do something like that. Oh, super cool. Yeah. And I, I don't blame any of these people for what was, uh, this movie was just written, I think, and probably directed um, haphazardly. Uh, I don't blame any of the actors for, for their lines in this movie at all. They were trying to make all. money, man. Yeah. I think at one point Roger Corman was involved in it. Uh, they tried to sell it to him at some point, yeah. Or he tried to get the rights to it or something. I remember that. Um, life lesson learned? Oh, let's see here. Whenever Steve recommends a movie, tell him absolutely not. Yep, yep. After I give you that nice nice compliment. And, you know, I got to close, close myself off a little bit more. No, I'm just kidding. You know what I learned? What? Nothing! Absolutely nothing! Zero. This movie learner taught me zero, uh, Doc. Also, I have that cut for later, so. <laughs> great, man. Perfect. Right. Perfect. I've got some good news, and I've oh. got some bad news. Uh, 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 Don't like uh, that. Schlockernaut protocol requires a quiz off. May the best human moron win. All right, man. Hit me. I thought for a second there you had used the podcast power to send us, back, send in us time. back in time. I should have. Uh, that was, still yeah. don't have the soundboard just right. We're getting there. Uh, as someone without a lot of money, like me, how angry does it make you to know that they spent $4 million on this movie? <laughs> I'm trying to put myself in the 70s shoes. Um, I mean, a lot. there was a lot of miniature work and a lot of, of, of sets being built and stuff. $4 million worth? Well, really? $4 million in 1978. And then look at Manborg that was made for like 100 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's for, I mean, we're talking about it later, man. So, I mean, there's got to okay. be a following for Star Crash. Oh, in, I'm sure. In, in, in the cult. Did they even make a sequel? Uh, not that I saw. Star no. Crasher? Star <laughs> Crashes? Star Crash Harder? <laughs> <laughs> nah, I don't think so. Um, I'm glad it was made. I like it. So, I'll, I'll, I'll stick with that. Okay, All right. cool. Do you think Ernest P. Worrell should have been a good pick for Robot L's voice? <laughs> hey, Verse. <laughs> what was his catchphrase? Know what I mean? Know what I mean, Vern? Uh, do you think? Do you think if you opened the uh, the hatch on the back of L, the label would say "Made in Tennessee"? It's a bonus <laughs> question. It's a bonus question for you. <laughs> He's got a rebel flag in his butt flap. All right, all right, go for it. Jesus. Uh, as a certified cosmetologist, how much product and effort does it take to maintain <laughs> such a majestic perm as Actons? I'll tell you what, man. There was a lot of, there was a lot of um, what is that stuff called? There are a lot of roller sets maybe going on there, some straw sets. Uh, there's some Brico cream getting shoved around. <laughs> this trailer smell like farts after all the perms going it's on? It's like farts in aqua, aqua, Aquanet. <laughs> it's like very flammable in there, I'll tell you that. Don't light that trailer up. Uh, that's great. Uh, all right. Well, that's good. That leads into my se- second question. Um, do you think that space radiation gave all men perms in the future? <laughs> we synced up on the sponsor and the question. <laughs> that's a space perm, dude. They don't need any product for that. 
It's like as soon as you put the helmet on, it doubles as like a, uh, uh, what are those, the dome dryers? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that you put over, like in the old school salons. That's the shit, dude. Oh, man. Yeah, those dudes had some super awesome perms, I'll tell you that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, too bad Spinel did not. Nah, his was that greased down little Debbie like curl. That was no good. It was it, uh, what is it, Brill Cream or whatever? Brickle, Brickle Cream, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, number so, three. All right. How many days did it take you to watch this all the way through? Uh, the, the first time I watched it, it was one, one take. The second time I watched it, I watched it in two chunks. And the third time I watched it all in one take. So it took me four days to watch it three times. This took me three weeks to watch it all the way through. One time. <laughs> well, it was a pacing issue. <laughs> I got like six minutes in. I'm like, I don't even know how I'm going to document that. I watched call of duty so all over the place. Get on Xbox. This sucks. All right. Uh, uh sorry, man. <laughs> All right, uh, how the hell did they manage to put a popped collar on a bikini? Because her collar was huge on that thing. Like Vampirella. Did you see that? Yeah. There was more oh, yeah. material in the collar than the than the bottoms. I don't know how they did that. I've never seen a bikini with a collar before. I was kind of impressed, actually. You got like two coat hangers lining the, the tops oh, of them. So huge, you can man. Take them up there. All right, give me a would you rather. Um, would you rather listen to a Gortner sermon once a day for an hour oh, or be married to Monroe and have to listen to her complain about corns and bunions because of her <laughs> terrible shoes choices. You know, I'm going to marry Monroe, bro. I can't hang with no <laughs> preachers, but, um, I, I do, um, you were kind enough to send me a cut of him preaching and I will play that as our outro. So you guys can all get a nice feel for what a, what an, a Pentecostal evangelistic child has to say about heaven and hell <laughs> as a nice and how we're all terrible human beings. Hey, there's our link to martyrs. There it is. Dude, there's never, like, those sermons are never, you know, uplifting. It's always browbeating until you open the wallet up and give the money. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No joke there. All right. Uh, Would you rather watch Star Crash or any one of the Star Star Wars prequels? Take your pick. Star Wars prequels. Really? And I don't like those at all. I mean, like, I almost got divorced over Phantom Menace before (laughs) I even got married. But anyway, I would rather watch a Star Wars prequel, maybe Attack of the Clones. No, I, I'm I'm a staunch StarCraft I'm over those for sure. StarCrash over prequels. Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Schlock or not. Can I do uh, uh, tagline time real quick? Oh, yeah. Let's do Can it. Can I throw that in there? Yeah, because okay. I got a little something extra for the end of the show, too. Okay. So which one of these is not a tagline for StarCrash? Okay. Number one, a sexy space adventure. Number two, Orgasmagorical, astronautical, space empirical, historical, fantastical adventure. Jesus Christ. Or three, Star Wars meets Barbarella in the ultimate intergalactic adventure. Number two was not a tagline. Yes, correct. But it was awesome. Did you do that? But that's exactly, yeah, I did that. It's almost exactly like they talked when they talked about all the techie bullshit. Yeah, it made no sense. None of that made sense. Mess with your volume real quick. All right. Um, We're all now dumber. For for having heard that. Uh, yeah, it's, this is, what'd we say? Wait, we do shock or not? Not yet, no. All right, go for it, man. I think we're going to sync up good on that. Mm, Star crash, more like barf trash. Ah, nice. This is scientifically radiated schlock. Uh, I will 100% agree with you. I think that this is peak 70s sci-fi schlock, um, which Lynn thought was like 50s, so extra, extra (laughs) schlock. So extra points for making it a time period piece. You should have seen her face when I said it was made after Star Wars. She looked at me like I was an idiot. She's like, huh? Like, yeah, after, huh? Like, wouldn't believe me. <laughs> Alright, you got a Doc Flick pick? I do. Have you heard of a documentary called The 
Bikes of Wrath? No, I have not. So it's these five guys from Australia who are huge fans of the book, The Grapes of Wrath. My dad's a huge so fan. So they, I, I actually just seeing some of the quotes from the book, I want to read it now. So they basically are going to go from Oklahoma to Bakersfield, California in 30 days with $420 worth of cash. And the only money they can make is by busking, by playing their nice. little crappy instruments and singing songs and whatnot. Um, so it's like a snapshot of like Americana as they travel and, you know, you kind of learn to, um, appreciate the things we have, even when we don't have a lot. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I, I believe the Grapes of Wrath was set during the depression, right? And it was the family, the, the, the same Dust thing. Bowl. Right. And so, they yeah. were, they were, um, traveling with very little across the country. Basically they would load up their cars and dr- try and get to California from Oklahoma because the Great Dust Bowl had destroyed all their farmland. So right. they couldn't grow anything and they were constantly having health issues. So it's kind of cool. Very cool. Very cool. Um, I'm going to stick on, on a theme here. I'm going to say, uh, some great sci-fi is Buck Rogers in the 25th century. It's an all-time favorite of mine. It ran from 79 to 81. Only two seasons. Uh, Gil Gerard and Aaron Gray. She was like my first TV crush, I think. Um, it's streaming on Tubi. I love Buck Rogers. To this day, I, I love it, and I really want to do... We're going to do that uh, Space Vampire Let's one I've talked about. Tube. Yeah, that Space Vampire one's right up your alley. It's one of their cheesier, schlockier ones. Um, okay. It, it terrified me as a child, and there's a buddy of mine at work who said it terrified him, too. It wasn't just me. So I um, think that's we a good find one. It, let's do it. Yep. Uh, let me see. We don't have a next up. Do some thanks, Doc. And I got a special um, apology slash thank you that I'm going to need. Uh, I'm going to need your help with. So give me yours, okay. and then we'll. Uh, we'll I want to thank uh, Anthony. You know who you are, Justin, Ryan, and the Harrisons. Thank you very much for your thank listenership. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. Um, okay, so here's the deal, Doc. Last show, I thanked an Instagram user. Um, Cinny, I believe, Instagram user Cinny. I think you uh, misstated her name, correct? Who, uh, yeah, she was kind enough to slide into my DMs and let me know that I'm a fucking idiot, and she's like our only <laughs> listener, and I couldn't even get our one listener's name right. So, <laughs> Jesus, man, you had one job. Yeah, one job. So apparently it's spelled S-I-N-N-N-I-E with three N's. So oh, maybe, extra Cinny. Maybe it's Cinny, if I don't know. But or she, Cinny. How do you roll an N? Sendri, sendri, so, but to make it to make it up to her, um, which I, I needed to, I thought to make it right, I'd give her her own soundbite on the show. So whenever we thank her, she sends something in. I'd have a soundbite to play anytime her name is mentioned. And I got a few here that I want to run by you if you'll indulge me. Um, I wanted to create something that would like honor her Asiatic heritage. Um, but you know, that's I got to walk a tightrope with that to make sure you know I got to be to not be offensive. So can I run? Can I run a few by you, and maybe you give me a thumbs up or thumbs down, and help me choose? Oh, I'm like Schlocker, not HR right now. Right, right, right. Yeah. We got a problem, Steve. Got a problem with Steve? Like, oh my god. So if we were to say like, um, hey, I'd like to thank uh, Instagram user Sinony. There's like a kind of like a long duck dong feel to it from uh, Sixteen Candles. Is that thumbs up, thumbs down? Doc, <laughs> testing, testing, testing. Is that HR cutting you off? <laughs> All right, I'll throw that in the offensive column. Um, well, my original, my original one was going to be like, "Hey, I'm sorry, Sinony." Is that like a sledge? But I think Sledge used that. So, thumbs down or up on that one? That's up. So yeah. down, down. Okay, down. All right, no, that's okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll raise the bar a little here, so I could be like, "Hey, once again, Sinony." I apologize that I spelled your name wrong. Uh, from the bottom of my heart, is that we going? In, we getting any better? We getting anywhere with it? No. No. 
<laughs> no, go okay. Well, I'll give you just a couple more here. Uh, once again, I really like to apologize. I'll spell your name right right from now on. Sinony, three N's. Misahani. That's more of like a Full Metal Jacket type feel, just military type. Oh, no. no on that one. <laughs> well, I do apologize to Sinony. Me love you long time. Hopefully, one of those. Or maybe she could write in and let me know what she prefers. But I'll, I will coin that as, as, as her tagline from now on. Let's, let's let her call in and... And let me know that I can the edit, the, edit the end of the show out completely because it was a fantastic... <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we'll let her tell us what she thinks. Uh, I, t- I tried to get like a grab bag of clips, but they all had to be clips that I already had because the soundboard's all screwy. So I had limited right. shit to work with. But That was great, man. All right. Good job. I do apologize. I'm sorry about that. But three ends doesn't look like you for listening to the show. To me. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, and, and you know what? Since she's so cool and, and she was such a good sport about everything, go ahead and give her a follow on Instagram. S-I-N-N-N-I-E. She's been uh, super cool. And, um, she I do apologize. Gained, what, two, three followers? Like instantly. Uh, me, you, and maybe um, <laughs> uh, I probably can get Danny. Tommy. Can you get Danny up on that thing? <laughs> Dave, maybe. Yeah. Dave. All right. All right. Cool, Doc. Uh, thanks for doing that, man. I know you didn't want to, but I really do appreciate you did. Uh, that was awesome. Thank you, buddy. I had a great time, man. All right. Anytime. Let's leave with the uh, childish proclamations of Marjo. Oh, real quick. Choose a number between 1 and 22. Uh, Let's go with 1 and 22. Let's go with 5. 5. Copy that. Okay. This is for the next show? Okay. Okay. I I remember. I remember. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. I'm going to play us out with Marjo, and uh, thanks again. I'll see you all soon. See you. If I were to choose my own subject, I would have brought you a message on the love of God put on heaven. But the Lord laid on my heart to bring you a message on hell. I say hell is a place of extreme bodily suffering. Down on this earth, we do everything we can to escape suffering. We take aspirin, we go to the hospital, we might have an operation, but in hell, you will not be able to escape suffering. Your suffering will be so bad that it'll turn to weeping. And then the weeping shall turn to wailing. And then the wailing shall turn to gnashing of teeth. I say hell is a place of memory. In hell, you remember things. All praise Dick Donner.